Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 102 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wacky Wednesday interview day here at the Fourth Line offices. And I'm kind of doing this, uh, I'm putting the cart before the horse a little bit. I'm doing the intro because I'm doing the interview Tuesday night, or actually I guess uh, in a couple hours. And uh, I want to slap this onto the interview and get it out to the guys to upload for Wednesday morning for you folks. Uh, but today's guest will be Jesse Rosanzoff. Um, yeah, played in the Western Hockey League, American Hockey League, and then of course the uh, crazy LNAH with the Laval Chiefs, and I'm sure he'll have plenty of stories, and I'm really looking forward to talking to Jesse. Uh, he and I have been going back and forth for a little bit, and just kind of sharing, uh, he's been sharing some stories, and some, you know, just talking with different teammates and stuff, so, and I know he's really looking forward to doing the interview, um, so I'm, I'm getting really excited for it, actually, and um, yeah, so this should be really cool. Um, for the first time listeners, I'm sure like Jesse would have a lot of fans and a lot of friends and family, whatever, haven't listened to the episode. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Um, if you uh, enjoyed this interview and you're a fan of old time hockey and, uh, and the rough stuff, um, again, uh, 101 other episodes to, uh, for you to check out, please check out the back catalog. I've interviewed John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, uh, Joey Tedarenko on and on. I've actually interviewed some of, uh, Jesse's uh, former teammates in Laval and LNH, uh, Lore, uh, Dean Mayrad, Curtis Swanson, Marco Cefalo, Dan Kopech. Um, they're all on here. Talked to all those guys and they all shared some, uh, some crazy stories that could only happen in Quebec. So, uh, if you, if you enjoyed Jesse's LNH stories, you'll, uh, you'll enjoy those guys' stories as well. So, uh, again, I encourage you to check it out. Um, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, on the network, there's over 50 shows. Um, all the NH- there's shows, uh, all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Um, as well as I know they, uh, there's a, there's a number of, uh, a few ex players doing shows. Uh, Terry Ryan, Brad Lieb, uh, myself were on the ex content side. Or, uh, cre- let's try that again. Easy for you to say. Um, the original content side of things. Um, they also have, um, a, a mental health type show, um, food show. And, uh, yeah, the network's trying to really branch out into a number of different areas in ter- uh, around the game of hockey, not just about the game of hockey, but outside of it, life after hockey as a player with Lee, like I said, and, and, and that type of thing. So an analytics show. And so there's a number of different, uh, different shows. Um, if you're interested, please check out on the network for my off network friends. Um, Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles, um, 
Joe has uh, has been doing this for a while, and he is an, an Islander enforcer based podcast. So he's interviewed like Mick Fakoda, Eric Bolton, Aaron Asham, on and on. Right now, he just put up his interview with Drew Fatta. Um, I have down. I haven't had a chance to listen to it in the truck yet. It is downloaded, and I will be tuning in this week for that. Uh, but Joe does a great job. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, and, and Joe's Joe does a great job, and uh, he's. And, uh, and he's so knowledgeable. And like I said, goes back a long way. He used to, uh, write articles for the, for the old, uh, hockey, hockey stars magazine for the, for the fight issues and, uh, helped, did some, did some work with Stan Fisher for those bad boys books. So, um, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of knowledge and it really comes out in his interviews, um, really in depth, that type of thing. And like I was saying, it, it helps that Joe's old that it, you know. You know, you know the key on Ben Franklin's kite was to Joe's first apartment. Uh, Joe was there when they planted the first tree in Central Park. That's how old Joe is. But uh, but that helps with the interviews because he knows what he's talking about. You know, I always bug Joe about getting old, but I'm I'm catching up to him, so I'm not too far behind. But uh, no, Joe does a great job, and and definitely check that out. Uh, check out his show as well. Uh, Dan, Paul, and Kelly over at the Obey the Puck Show, and friend Dave at the Slewfoot Show. Yes, a couple current hockey shows that I will listen to. I always thank them for I listen to them, so I don't have to watch. But I'm still I'm still uh, hip to the scene. My finger will still be on the pulse. I'll know what's happening. I have to. Uh, that's how I stay updated with those shows. But all those great shows, I highly encourage you to check out if you were looking for a hockey podcast to listen to. But in the meantime, you're listening to this one, so. Uh, I won't uh, talk for too long because, again, I don't know how long I'm going to talk to Jesse for, but I'm sure it'll be for a little longer than 45 minutes. So um, I won't keep you too long with the intro. You're not here to listen to me anyway. But uh, like I said, I encourage you to go back, check out the back the back episodes as well as come back on Sunday for the for the rant episode, the potpourri episode, whatever you want to call it. And uh, in the meantime, check me out on social media at Fourth Line Voice and as well as the YouTube channel. Check out my YouTube page. Got twenty five over twenty five hundred fights uh, from all the different leagues: AHL, NHL, Junior, what have you. A bunch of Jesse's fights on there. Actually, a really good fight with Jesse and Rocky Thompson from the Western Hockey League that I will talk to him about on this interview, as well as a couple fights from the uh, LNAH with his one of his many battles with Jason Hamilton. And uh, yes, so a few Jesse fights on there. I'll uh, I'll get around to uploading more, folks. But uh, subscribe to the channel. Hit the little bell notification. That way, whenever I upload, I try to upload some new videos every week. Um, as soon as I upload those, you will be notified. And uh, yeah, and check it out. Like I said, you go down the rabbit hole on that on that uh, on that channel. You'll watch one fight, and you'll end up half an hour later. You're uh, you know you're fifty feet you're fifty fights deep. So um, it can happen. Believe me. But all right, folks, let's get on with the show and uh, talk with Jesse Rosanzoff. Thanks, everybody. All right, here we go on the line. A three-year Western Hockey League veteran, 10-year pro, a Montreal Canadiens draft pick, Jesse Rosanzoff. Jesse, how are you doing tonight? Really good, thanks. Good to be here. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. We can finally uh, finally get together and do this. Uh, like I was telling you off air, I, I posted it on Facebook that uh, and on Twitter that uh, I was interviewing you tonight, and uh, you're a popular dude. Well, when, you, when you're when you as traveled as I am, you get to know a few people, so <laughs> that's one benefit of it, I guess, for sure. Get a lot of friends around, and and uh, a lot of people in the hockey world. It's such a tight-knit community that 
you know, you don't even have to play with some people. You still follow what they've done and where they've been. Well, there you go. At least they haven't forgotten you, right? So uh, that's the main thing. But, uh, well, let's, I mean, we've got to start at the beginning. Uh, you know, uh, where did you grow up and where did you play your minor hockey? Well, I grew up uh, in eastern Saskatchewan, a little town called Campsack, Saskatchewan. Played all my minor hockey there, uh, all the way up through uh, till Triple A Midget. Um, ended up playing Triple A Midget in Yorkton uh, with the Maulers team. Actually, we had a, quite a really good season when I played there. We ended up being fortunate enough to win the Air Canada Cup that season in Oton Kitchener, Ontario. So that was a, probably the first highlight start to my my, my hockey career. And uh, played with a lot of good players. Uh, lots that went on to play, you know, uh, junior at some sort, either major junior or SJHL or uh, or off to off to school. So it was a uh, it was a good season. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, no one, you know, played. Uh, I'm trying to think of maybe some some guys around my area that that would have come up and did well. Tyler Wright was a Oilers. Guy that was older than me, oldest pick, and a lot of a lot of kids around there looked up to him. After me would have been like a Darcy Hordachuk uh, was coming up, and he was a he was a scrapper and a heavy in his own weight there. Oh yeah, carved quite a name for himself. <clears throat> no, absolutely. And uh, well, you were saying off the air. I didn't realize because, of course, your first year in junior, you're with the Regina Pats, but you had said that the uh, Saskatoon Blades had. Uh, had had uh, had drafted you correct initially? Well, yeah, I guess drafted. I think back then they, was protected, they I might guess. have had a draft. I don't know how many rounds they did, but they used to just place kids on protective lists. So I was, yeah. they listed me, and then off to Blades camps I went, and uh, I think it went from from when I was fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen years old to, to Blades camps in the spring and fall, I think, and and towards the end, I guess I was trying to to crack that lineup. And uh, just wasn't able to. Um, the last uh, the last year, I think went to camp and started. That's the that would have been the season I went to York, and I I, I got placed down in the Blazers organization in Saskatoon, and uh, you know just didn't uh, just didn't work out there. So uh, off the road down the road to York, and I went, and uh, you know made that team worked out good, and then uh, yeah spent the season there. But yeah, spent a lot of time in Saskatoon and. And actually, I, you know, even though I was just coming to camps and, and and playing, I got to know a few of those guys quite well that, you know, went on to have good careers. Like, I think I was a roommate with Wade uh, Belak one season there when we were both real young, <laughs> trying to figure out what, what we were going to be in that league. And, you know, there was a lot of big, tough guys playing at that time. I remember, like, uh, well, some young guys coming out. There was Rhett Warner and uh, Rob, uh, Tremblay, Rhett Tremblay, I guess, not Tremblay. Moose Jaw, and uh, yeah, no, it was uh, quite an idol for a young, for a young kid from Saskatchewan. That's for sure. Now, were you uh, like I'm looking at your in Yorkton there? You're you know in AAA at a point a game and 100 minutes of penalties and 30 some games. Um, were you were you always sort of scrappy, or was it just uh, that, that come later, or uh, how did that go? Well, I, I mean, I was you know I pretty much it was simple for me. I I was. Uh, the third line grinder from start to finish of my career, so there wasn't a lot of confusion there. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember, you know, 
even in just coming up through minor hockey and there, you know, just I was always a little bit bigger than everybody else, and, and so you had to use my size to advantage. So I, you know, I I was somebody ran around, hit a lot, and you know, and when I was you know in AAA midget, and you know, I, I always enjoyed getting points. Of course, I mean, everybody starting out in hockey, you know, loves to go out there and score goals and get get points and stuff like that, and. But as you you know progress progress on, I found that you know you have to you know change the role that the the team needed you to be, I guess, and or the coaches wanted you to play, and you know, and and that started pretty early for me. Like in a triple A midget, I was you know third third line guy with. The, in fact, <laughs> our 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 line was called Rock Pebble and Boulder. There was <laughs> there was two huge wingers, me and uh, a guy named Craig Billick and a and a young guy Lyle Michalik. He was a little smaller. And he was our centerman, and we just went out there and caused havoc <laughs> in all the games. And so they just uh, they let us loose, and that's kind of uh, how I just carried on into junior. Of course, when you when you start running around in junior, though, that that's when you <laughs> sometimes you know the guys that you're running over, if somebody takes offense to it, you got to learn how to to back it up, I guess, a little bit after. <laughs> you know, that's something you got to learn as you come out of the the AAA and minor hockey ranks. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. And like you said, you've been at Blades Camp, and I mean, obviously, with the with the dudes that were rolling around Blades Camp, there was obviously a few tilts. Um, did you sort oh, of, yeah. and like you said, with the playing physical and everything else, uh, uh, did you get did you get any tilts in the Blades Camp? Well, I think I I remember fighting with. Um, oh, I just got it. He played for the Flames for a bit. We were kind of. He was an early draft pick here, and. Um, Oh, I have to jog my memory, but I, I was in a couple, and I remember like that was a big thing back then. Those coaches, they wanted to see, they wanted to see the rough stuff. Like they would stop a scrimmage mid scrimmage if they didn't think it was going how they wanted to go. They'd send down like I think back then they used to just keep like the twenty year olds on the bench as coaches, and I'm sure they were in their ears telling them like, hey, you know, we want to see if this guy can, you know, can he throw him, or this guy, you know, if he's not hitting, you know, get in his ear and, and you know wake him up or something like that. And I remember. I remember one scrimmage for sure, and I don't remember at what point, what, what year it was in camps, but they came right down and said, hey, boys, this is a joke. <laughs> the guys up there are watching this, and they, and they want to see some action out here. And you kind of got the, um, you know, you kind of got the idea of what they were looking for. So, you know, then all of a sudden you'd have a, you know, three or four tilts real quick, and the game would get a little bit rougher. And So, I mean, uh, back then they didn't, you know, mix, you know, they, they let you know what they wanted to see, and and so you either you either got into it or you just avoided it. And so depending on what kind of player you are, you know, if you're a big guy, and you know, I always felt I always felt back then like if you were you were big, they they thought they you know, hey, that guy's huge. You know, he plays with a bit of an edge. Well, you know, we'll teach him to skate. <laughs> we'll teach him to stick handle. You know, whatever. And you know, that was back when I was playing. They you know they were just looking for big rough players and you know hoping to turn them into hockey players. And now it's you know nowadays. It's gone, you know, the complete opposite. They're looking for high skilled, and you know, it seems like they're kind of edging, hitting, and fighting completely out of the game now. So, yeah, well, and that's the thing. And like back then at those blades camps, I mean, well, first of all, you had Mullican, who was like always like the tough coach. Was the tough coach, but I mean, you know, you had Shane Calder and Yakimish and Clark Wilm, and uh, well, that's who I was thinking of. Clark Wilm, him and I used to even after I left and was playing junior with uh, Regina and Swift Current, him and I. Used to see, we probably fought two or three times over the course of our junior careers and in camp, at least once or twice in camp. 
And um, but yeah, those are yeah. And then Yakka Mission was uh, yeah. That that line was, you know, I think he played with Ryan Fujita, Sean Yakka Mission, and Shane Calder. Like they were prolific scoring team. But Yakka Mission, he, you know, he always had a lot of minutes and was scrappy. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Rhett Warner, Mike Gray, and Mark Raider, and I mean, and then yeah, of course McAllister, yeah, Raider, and then Belak and Trombley, and yeah, I mean, that's a, you know, for a young guy coming in, I mean, you know, that's a. Well, yeah, that, those were the those were the positions you were fighting for with those guys. So, I mean, uh, I mean, maybe you didn't really know it at the time, <laughs> but you know, looking back, yeah, that's you know, that's a, that was a core of their team. They had four or five guys that were big tall and played tough they had a lot of big demon i remember and yeah and uh, and so you know and they all went on to you know be heavies at some point in their career fighting in the nhl and in the minors and uh and uh you know it's funny back then when you're when you're just young getting in there and you're just trying to figure out i i remember like uh i remember i remember a conversation with wade and i in the room and we were just kind of sitting around and we're like you know, man, I don't know about this. <laughs> like, what? You know, I know what they want us to do, but like, are we ready? And we're just just sitting in chat. And we're chatting about the next scrimmages and like, you know, what's going on. And I just remember being nervous. And but uh, you know, now we fast forward all these years and you know, look where we ended up. And and uh, you know, we must have got over it, I guess. <laughs> but um, you know, there was a, it was a different league back then. And I'm imagining like, well, I was only looking at it from the you know, going to Blades camps. I imagine a lot of the same camps, if you talk to guys that have, were on different different teams, you know, was, a lot of it was the same. Big, tough teams back then. Oh, yeah. I mean, from just from doing this show and, and talking to the guys, it's like, yeah, your your experience certainly isn't abnormal. We'll put it that way. It seems very normal and uh, for the time period anyway. I mean, it would be abnormal now. I mean, yeah, a kid nowadays, that would oh, that'd be his yeah. worst nightmare of that camp. But, I mean... Uh, <laughs> You know, back then that was just same old, same old. But uh, well, at seventeen, you uh, you make the Regina Pats. Um, yeah, uh, it was it was exciting. I mean, uh, you know, I'm trying to think back, but I I remember finally realizing it when you know you you come you you know you go on the road. I think I honestly think Brandon was Brandon Weekings was my first game. You know, you you fight through a whole camp, and you don't really know lots of kids there and stuff like that, and. And then you know it's kind of nervousness it's right down to the to the wire until so you see your your name on the back of a jersey <laughs> sitting in a stall at a game. Then you finally realize, well, maybe you're you're on this team finally. And yeah, I was you know I remember you know going in younger, watching in minor hockey, watching past games, and thinking it'd be cool to play at this level and you know in front of fans <laughs> and all that stuff. So uh, you know I think back is at 17, it's so long ago now. But uh, you know, that was exciting. That was an exciting start to everything. I don't even know if I knew what I was into at that point. Well, absolutely. And then, uh, of course, we'll just kind of you know a few of your teammates. Of course, uh, you know, uh, well, kind of the big name, I guess, that kind of went on in the NHL and everything was Jeff Friesen, who had fifty yeah. who had fifty goals that year. Well, Barre. Yeah, Freezer. He. Yeah, you know, even if somebody asked me today who was probably the most talented guy that I ever played with, uh, you know, on a team uh, growing up, uh, I'd have to say it was Jeff. I mean, he just, you know, you could sit and watch him all day long when he was playing. I mean, he uh, could control games and, you know, he just he just did what he wanted out there, you know. <laughs> you just wonder, like, how could I feel like that, you know, <laughs> out on the ice? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he would just... Uh, 
yeah, he, he did his thing, and it was fun to watch. I mean, he, he was a well, he was a cornerstone of our first year of the team. We had a we had a really other than him, it was a pretty uh, you know, I guess senior team, if you will. You know, a lot of older guys that had a lot of experience, and and I think he you know he led the way in scoring by you know a fair amount. So yeah, he was uh, fun to watch. Went on to have a good career. Yeah, it was him and uh, kind of Carrie Biet kind of carried the team there. They had a uh, you know hundred hundred points apiece, and then uh, you know then you had Corey Dosdall, and of course uh, Louis Dumont, who is the uh, I believe he's yeah, the East Louis. Coast League uh, all time scoring leader. I believe. Yeah, and I, I might have even been traded for Louis at, when it finally came down to it at one point in the East Coast Hockey League. So we had crossed paths a couple of times in our careers. But he, yeah, well, I mean, Louis, uh, yeah, not to take anything away from him, I was just thinking NHL level, but. Yeah, you know, Beat Beater, he was, he was a terrific player. I didn't know Corey as well. He came over in a trade. Um, another phenomenal player was Jeff Petrukin Jr. He was just a, yep. a kid in a man's body. He he was huge and fast and shot the puck a ton. And uh, and yeah, he was you know fun to watch and you know even you know I talk about Saskatoon like we had we had a tough team that first year too again you know. Going in there, we had like uh, you know we had Chris Liniak who who was kind of the the guy who you know he was doing what I guess what I would end up doing you know he'd go out there and lay some big hits and you know answer the bell when he had to and you know stick up for the guys and you know try to change change some games and and then we had uh, Helpril was another big guy yeah big defenseman yeah got a lot of penalty minutes he he was uh, always really physical so you know. I you know I, I think that would have been in the introduction into you know, me seeing like this is a this is a role out here this this are things that these guys are doing to to make them better or make them more valuable or whatever so you know I guess that would have been the start of when I started to realize that maybe I should you know use some of the attributes <laughs> that God gave you yeah like it was uh like at that point you're 17 like you said you're rookie in the league and um well like we were saying again off air just how tough the league was back then and just even in that just that eastern division i mean you know when you got brandon like you said that your first game they got you know dingman's there and in lethbridge you got Meyer, oh, yeah. myers and jezelowski and then swift current willis and mccambridge and brown and medicine hats got the thompson brothers and and yeah. Hawk, and hawking and them and you know and pa's got Shane Toporowski and Bast and Shawara and uh you know Moose Jaw's got Rob Tremblay and I mean so for a 17 year old rolling into this this is you know this is, that's an eye opener well it, yeah I guess it, it was I remember you know uh well you know I certainly didn't go in and right off the hop and start uh you know challenging every you know top heavy in every team I, I imagine I would have uh you know, it would have been pretty <laughs> demoralizing at first, but you know, I eased my way in. I think you know, I remember, I remember having a scout. He he pulled me aside once when I was in Regina, and and that my first year there, there was three three rookies, and we didn't play a ton. Like I said, we had a pretty senior team and a pretty skilled team. We were lower on the lines, and we weren't getting a ton of ice time. But you know, I had gone out, been in a couple of scraps, and again, it probably they just probably came about for me running around, uh, you know, just trying to hit and. You know, play the body and and uh, you know that kind of leads into some fights here and there. But I remember pulling the side and he's like, you know, Jess, you got to treat yourself like a stock out there. He's like, you got to, you know, every time you go out, you got to do something to raise your stock. <laughs> and he's telling me this, and I'm like, what? The? 
what the fuck's talking? Like, he's like, you know, you know, like every time you go out there, you got to do something to, you know, evaluate. You know, if you're not scoring a lot of points, you're not getting a lot of ice time. You know, you got to do something valuable every shift that makes the coach see us. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, here you go. I got to, you know, right now it's, you know, not exactly lighting the lamp, so I better go out there and not get scored on, or you know, lay a hit, or you know, get in a fight with somebody <laughs> or something, and. uh you know, that's kind of, I started to, well, you know, honestly take the advice from from the people around me that, and I had good people around me, you know, they they wanted to see me succeed and, and uh, you know, they they were trying to, you know, coax me in a direction that they thought I'd be successful in, I guess, so. Well, the, the following year when you go back into Regina, um, you, of course you have a new coach and it's, I've, I've heard some, Norm Johnston. Yeah, Norm Johnston, yeah. <laughs> What can I tell you about Norm Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's he had quite a reputation, yep. I guess, at the time, being a, being a hothead. I mean, I didn't know at the time, you know. I think I can remember his first speech to the team, and he, he came in and introduced himself as Storm and Norm Rags Johnson. And, and we're all looking at him, and he's like, Storming because of my temper, and Rags because of the what they needed to wipe the blood up after I was done with people. And I was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, so that's how it started. And in our first meetings, and I remember him, oh, I remember him coming down, even watching a scrimmage once. There was a bunch of us just uh, prior to the season, the second years were out in the ice even at one point. And he pulled me over the board. I mean, we're just scrimmaging at this point. When, you know, and he pulled me over. He's like, you're going to get it you're going to get 90 points this year. And I'm like, what? I mean, I got 15 last year, coach. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm not getting 90 points this year, but, you know, whatever, you, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I guess I'm going to play in the first-line power play if I'm getting 90 points. But, you know, I remember that season started, and, oh, man, you know, one minute he'd call me into the office, and he'd be like, Raz, you're big. You know, you, you got to get out there. We need you to play physical. We need you, you know, fighting and this and that. So I'm like, okay, coach, you know, let's, I'm out there. Let's go do this. You know, and then a week later, he'd come back and he's like, hey, you're a second-year guy, Raz. you got to start scoring, you know. <laughs> so I remember that was a it was a roller coaster ride with him that whole season long. You know, it was, uh, it was, it was you know, my first introduction into where a coach, you know, he, he kind of played with not just mine, but a few of the guys' minds throughout the season and tried to motivate him or, you know, he kind of flip-flop roles pretty consistently throughout the year. So it was, uh, it was an eye-opener as a young player. I remember one time. <laughs> I remember one time we were playing Moose Jaw and we had like a line brawl. So there's five of us fighting, or a couple of us fighting. They, they, we got us kicked out. And Regina, you can see the other side of the bench. It's just on the other side. Uh, you know, they're, they're side by side. But when you get underneath them, you can see the team is only concrete and then the, the rubber walkway. So we're five pass guys. We're behind our bench, and the five Moose Jaw guys are behind theirs. And in this game, I think it was tour and. <laughs> And him get up on the glass, and they're like, you know, there's a picture of him, and there's a you could find it, but it's in the. Oh, I got, I got the picture. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Oh, you got that picture. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I would love to see this picture again because so just picture that picture, and then all the players behind the bench. So you got the Moose Jaw guys cheering for Tour, and then you got the Regina guys cheering for Tour. (laughs) 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 We're behind the bench, and we're we're all yelling. He didn't know it at the time, but I, I was like, "Give it to him!" <laughs> you know? But uh, I don't know. It's just, 
you know, you're a young kid then, and, uh, you know, as you get older and move along, you know, there's different styles from guys, and they motivate different ways, and then that year I, I didn't quite like how how it went for me personally, but, uh, you know, we, you know, still fine. We had good teammates, and, and uh, you know, we, we got through it. Well, I know one of your teammates, of course, he went on to play, uh, you know, as a high draft pick and went on to the NHL for a little bit, uh, was a 16-year-old named Josh Holden. Oh, yeah, Josh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he was like a little mini freezing actually. Just not as dynamic as him, but as equally smart and had a lot of skill. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he was a, yeah, he was a young kid when I was playing with him and then in my second year. I got dealt out of there, so I didn't really get to see him. Like, I mean, as he played years past, he flourished into quite a, you know, good scorer and player in the league and, and went on, but, uh, yeah, no, Holden was, uh, yeah, I didn't play with him for a long, for very long, but yeah, he went on to have a pretty good junior and, and pro career as well. Well, yeah. so, so you mentioned, of course, you get, uh, you get traded out of the Swift Current, uh, and of course the coach there is Todd McClellan. Um, yeah, that's Todd. Yeah, and, uh, well, what were your first impressions of Todd and how did you enjoy Swift Current? Well, you know, I, I like Todd. Uh, you know, he, he was a good coach. I liked, uh, you know, I liked how, you know, when it came down to the hockey side of things, I mean, again, I, I didn't really venture far out of my role, <laughs> you know, as I moved along teams, he made it clear what kind of, uh, you know, play he needed for me out there. And, uh, you know, I tried to provide it. I, you know, as Swift Current, as, as far as the city, I spent several years there, um, in between seasons going back, a lot of friends, and uh, teammates would come back. We'd all just live together and train and and golf in the summer. It was a it was a nice community to spend uh, you know off hockey time in and and um, you know and, and Swift. You know I spent uh, you know parts of two seasons there and uh, you know I, I enjoyed the time and I had a I had a major hand injury in um, in my beginning of my second season, which was kind of a bummer. Fighting Josh Dobbin ended up smoking the ice and shattering my knuckle and kind of put a put a hold on on that season for me and then I came back played a few games and was traded to Calgary but um you know so I didn't didn't make a huge mark as a player with the Broncos but uh you know went and spent a bunch of this uh, time in Swift Current after that uh and, and enjoyed enjoyed it too a lot of good players lived and came you know spent time there in the summer so it was, it was good for all sorts of things training and and having some some laughs and beers here and there absolutely well and like well when you get the year you got traded over there 94 95 uh just gonna ask you about a few teammates and yeah. i mean you guys had a tough team too and i mean the first guy i'm gonna ask you about and minor league legend and everybody knows this guy i'm a huge fan tyler willis do you got any willie stories oh frick do i you know Willie, uh, Willie, and I seemed to follow each other all yep. over the place. It yeah, was, uh, it was kind of funny because we, uh, you know, we met in Swift Current there, and um, you know had our had our time together there. And then when we, uh, you know, moved on, passed into pro, we ended up uh, playing in Augusta together. Well, we were roommates there uh, for a while. In fact, you know, like he. <laughs> And he was a tough, tough kid and scrappy and, and a character, all everything all in one. He was, he was a riot. And uh, I remember 
I think uh, I got traded out of Augusta, I think, for the second time over to Mobile. And so I think uh, him and Josh St. Louis were my roommates at the time in Swift Current. Or, sorry, in sorry in uh, in, uh, in Augusta. So I get traded to Mobile, and uh, they're in town, like, the next week. <laughs> so we're we're playing the game, and, you know, it's, you know, it's uh, it's kind of an odd feeling unless you've been in it where you're playing the guys that you're just hanging out with and, and playing on the same team. But, uh, you know, we're in the corner and uh, this one shift and we're pushing and shoving and he's chirping like he always did and I was chirping. Next thing you know, our gloves are off and him and I are fighting <laughs> in the corner. And, like, we're laughing through this fight. We're just fighting and, you know, <laughs> we're, we're kind of smiling at each other, but we're not stopping throwing punches. Like, God forbid it, this looks better for one than the other. And it's a lose-lose situation with with Willis. He's five foot, fuck all, hundred and fuck all, and and you know you, you can't look. Like you're getting beat by him, but he's also your buddy, so you know you, you got you don't want to you know you don't want to do any damage to a guy like that. So you know we go back to the penalty box and we look over at each other and we're just shaking our heads like you know just what are you what are we doing? Like, you know you know one minute you're having. You know, beers and eating dinner with them at the same table. The next minute, you're punching them in the face. <laughs> That's you know, hockey in a lot of situations for a lot of guys <laughs> as you as you travel around. No, absolutely. No, everybody. Yeah. Well, a couple. Uh, Keith McCambridge, Derek Arbez. Yeah, both those guys. So Keith McCambridge. Yeah, he had. I think Keith was a couple years older than me and had already his name had kind of spread around the league as far as his toughness went uh, big big tough defenseman um, I, I did get into a fight with him I, I think he was in Swift Current when I, and I can't remember who I was playing might have been with Regina or Calgary even at the time we might even have a bit of a line brawl going on but him and I we got in a fight I remember him being a heavy handed puncher and, and a strong guy and uh you know, like I said, I know his, his name was kind of uh, had already spread around the league, so he had obviously made his mark in some some heavyweight tilts and and um, but uh, when I came into Swift Current, he got he got uh, he was I think he got traded out to Kamloops, so we never really got to know each other. In fact, I I think I moved into his billets is how it worked <laughs> when he well, left. There you go. Yeah. So so we uh, we never really got a chance to know each other. And, and Arby and I, yeah, we played together. Uh, yeah, Arby, he was, you know, I, I think back, like, he was a gamer and would fight with anybody, absolutely anybody. And, uh, he, you know, he managed, he, his style just managed to do well. I, you know, he, I didn't find, like, he he lost a lot of fights from my, you know, like, recall. But, you know, he, I don't remember him destroying anybody or, or really doing a lot of damage himself. But, he, you know, he held his own in every fight. And, and there was, I don't think there was anybody he backed down from. And um, yeah, you know, and it's you know, you know, when you're on a team, it's always nice to have a few guys that you can share the wealth with when it comes to you know coming in to play tough teams. It's, it's a lonely feeling when you're the only guy on the bench when <laughs> you have to you go out there and, and possibly deal with you know some of the other team's heavies and guys that want to go. Well, speaking of the other team's heavies, and for the folks listening, if you want to see this fight, it's on my YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Check it out. Um, a tremendous fight with Rocky Thompson. Yeah, that fight. Yeah, that. Um, geez, I was. I remember I was 17 years old. Uh, that was my first year in Regina, and uh, I do. I do remember it, and I. 
I know, uh, I remember thinking this fight, uh, like, uh, we came together, you know, you can't really see it in that, in that fight because the camera kind of pans over, you know, a little bit late. But uh, I'd have to say, probably the thought in my head at the time is, you know, fight or fl- <laughs> flight, <laughs> and I better start fighting here. <laughs> so I think uh, I think in that fight, I got to jump on him at the start of it and, and just, you know, did everything I could, just started throwing as fast as I could and as quick as I could. And, you know, because if you, you know, when you're, when you're potentially getting, I always, you know, most of the time you, you're you always looking to see who's on the other squad you got to look out for who could possibly be coming after you. And, uh, again, Rocky, obviously, who went on to, you know, the pros and fight heavyweights all over the place. He, you know, he started young, and, and I think, you know, I knew he was a gold glove boxer. The, the word was out on him, so I remember going to that fight thinking I better, and that was earlier on in the stage. That was still when I was trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> You know what what I'm doing here. You know, am I supposed to be just punching away? Do I move or what? And, and I remember in that fight, we I just threw, threw, threw as hard as I could, hope for the best, and then uh, kind of caught him off guard a bit. And then once he got his bearings, you know, he, he kind of came back and and uh, you know gave a bit back to me in that fight. And then we went down. I know he ended up with a with a good gash somewhere in that fight, and uh, you know, but. Uh, that can you know it doesn't take take more than one to get a good gas in a fight and and uh you know in that one it just happened to be him instead of me <laughs> when uh well you mentioned it there when, when did you start getting comfortable fighting and like start like did it ever uh, kind of slow down for you and you can kind of think your way through it well I, you know I, i'll still say this i i probably you know the one thing i i barely rarely fought angry <laughs> i have to say i i you know, I fought guys that, you know, and I and not, you know, just guys that you know. You watch them; they're just just rage in their their fighting, and they're you know they're frothing and and you know screaming at you in the penalty box for five minutes after and on the ice. They're just and I remember like, you know, something really, you know, offside had to go on on the ice. You know, you know to one of the guys or to me, you know, we before I'd really get angry, so I, I thought that I always fought calmly. You know, I, I didn't really go in too excited or... And, uh, you know, another thing that helped me, and I think that helped me, but another thing that helped me is just I had a really long reach advantage on people. You know, I just had long arms, and, and uh, you know, uh, that can help you. Whether you're tall and have long arms or you're short and you have that reach, I mean, it can help you uh, avoid damage and, and get punches in. Uh, you know, from distance. So, and I, I don't. I, if, I didn't know it at the time. I guess when you're when you're young and just starting out, I was getting in a few and you know doing all right in them, and and then you know getting you know some encouragement from coaches and like I mentioned, people saying you know you should do a little bit more of that. You notice you get some ice time <laughs> when you you know when you when you're playing that style. So um, I just I kind of got into that that way, and you know, and just gradually progressed. I mean. Um, I, I remember always thinking that that was like a attribute to my rest of my game, which was, <laughs> you know, potentially just waiting for the day where I came this, you know, scorer or whatever. So I don't know if that hurt me or hindered me in a way, but I always thought, you know, I, I could be more of a player and I would just do this to, you know, you know, when I had to. And, but, uh, you know, as time went on, you know, I, I, um, 
I forgot. I probably should have spent more time developing that side of the side of my game. You know, spent some time uh, training specifically and uh, and working on that. Just because you know, I seem to you know, I seem to come by it naturally at the start when I was younger. Uh, again, it took me you know it took me a while in junior to figure it out, and then going into pros. Again, it, that came down to you know me doing it was whether I was going to make make teams or not make teams. So. You know, and at that point, I wanted to play, and I wanted to go as far as I could. So, uh, you know, that's you know, I remember the mindset. You know, you know, you can be nervous about it, or you can think about it, or you can just do it and and see what happens. So, and and that's kind of you know how it played out for me, uh, going on through my career. I think, uh, you know, I'd start every season and or an exhibition season or a tryout, and you you get into a few and you take a few and give a few, and that kind of got you. <laughs> Got you sorted out for that season to start, and that's how I went about it. Kind of, you know. Yeah. You you you, you kind of use use fights to get into into fighting shape, so to speak. I guess for me, anyways. I mean, you know, uh, you know, there's there's guys out there that that put a lot of time and energy into craft. You know, you know, honing their their craft for sure. And uh, you know, maybe that was my downfall at points. I didn't. I should have put a little more time into, it, but. You know, it was it was good, I, and you know, I remember thinking like uh, it was always a good feeling. You know, when your teammates recognize he's doing something well, and again, like when you when you come to you know, you know, role players, I think you know they're they're looking for that same thing. You know, they're not going to get it light in the light in the you know light in the, the net up. So you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta give to the team in other ways. So in my case, I was. Was something I could do, and I got satisfaction of it, and and you know, hopefully, it earned some respect from my teammates, and and that's how I kind of, uh, you know, it made me, you know, made it kind of drove me to to continue to do it, I guess, throughout my whole career. Well, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, the Montreal Canadiens were digging it because uh, you were selected 174th overall in the seventh round in the '94 entry draft. Um, had you talked to them previously? Were you surprised by the pick? Uh, well, you know, and all, I, I was, I was surprised that I got drafted. I mean, again, I didn't know. I think I, I didn't really have the whereabouts to know what I was, you know, I was getting, I was into. Like uh, my, my season, I had had a couple of interviews with some teams. Um, I remember, I think the Rangers was one, and the Toronto's one. They, they, they had little interviews with you after games and stuff. Um, and so that kind of. Um, you know, like I was like, well, this is the coolest thing ever. When that was going on, when you know, you get told, you know, a couple of guys from, you know, you know, Toronto want to talk to you, and you're like, wow, that's incredible. So you you go have these meetings. They ask you a few questions and and whatnot. At that time, I remember. So um, I remember thinking, well, yeah, maybe you know, maybe I got some sort of a chance to, you know, get drafted by a team, and and uh, and I remember, um, I remember. Um, thinking to myself like uh you know maybe i should you know ask somebody i you know what what do i do here and stuff you know do i do i talk to these people on my own some of the like better players had agents and stuff like that and i remember a couple of guys in regina at the time they approached me and so i was like well uh, thank god i mean because i had no idea what to do and and if i needed you know somebody to talk to these teams for me and and whatnot and don't get me wrong there wasn't a lot (laughs) there was a i just remember a handful and um and so uh i mean i didn't go to the draft in my draft year i was nearly ranked high enough uh 
but uh, getting the call, my agents were down there because they represented a handful of players, and I remember it was my graduation day um, from high school. Uh, they gave me a call in the morning. I woke me up and said, you got picked by Montreal, and, uh, you know, congratulations. And I was, you know, I was on the top of the world. That was a really good day. And, um, you know, I think back now, and, uh, and, um, and I was actually told a funny story um, years later, and I, uh, it was, you know, when I actually was end up, you know, going to camps and, and finally ended up in the organization. And it turned out that they, they didn't even really watch me during the season in, in junior. And I know they did because Ross Parsons was a defenseman on our team, and he got drafted by Montreal too. Um, and I can't remember what round, but it was, I think it was around when I was as well, uh, seventh or eight roundish. But um, they said they watched our Air Canada Cup when I was in AAA Midget. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that was a, a couple of, well, a couple of years earlier, but it was out in Kitchener, Ontario. And, you know, there was, you know, obviously I think at that point, you know, maybe not knowing, but there were scouts watching players already at that point. Uh, there's, there's teams from across Canada. So, uh, I thought that was kind of neat, but, but I mean, they, I, you know, I, I might've done something better in AAA midget than I did in junior that <laughs> peaked their Montreal's interest because I had no, I never had any previous meetings with them and stuff like that. But, you know, that was, you know, obviously one of the biggest highlights of my whole hockey career was getting drafted and having an opportunity to go to camps uh, and, and be on the ice with, with, with NHL caliber, caliber players. So, Well, well, yeah, let's talk about that. So you go to Montreal Canadiens camp. I mean, um, like, was that when, uh, like, uh, did you go to main camp or was there like a rookie camp back well, then? Well, the, um, the first, the first year or the, or, uh, the, after my draft year. So, uh, they had this, there was a strike and, uh, That's right. yep. they, they didn't take anybody to main camp and I would have gone to me. They take their draft picks to main camp. So uh, we didn't, uh, me and Ross didn't even go to camp the very first year, which was kind of, you know, you know, it was kind of a bummer, right? Because uh, I think you know the, the team they draft you, they 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 look at you for two years, and and then if you don't get signed, or you know if they don't you know make it into their farm system, you you can, you're eligible to go back to the draft. I think depending on what what age you were, and and so in my case, we we kind of we had one year just scrapped because of it, and uh, so you know lost that opportunity to go out first, but you know still had a second year, and we went to went to camp the second year, and it was. Uh, well, it was an incredible experience. It was in the, you know, I think at the time it was, uh, it was the old form was still, still standing, and uh, and uh, they gave us the the tour of the arena. You know, as a kid, you, you just you see in these things on Hockey Night in Canada, and and these uh, these players that were played there, and and it, you know, it was quite the experience. You know, and the camp was good. I remember, you know, I remember preparing well for camp and being in shape. Uh, Montreal had kind of a strange thing. They didn't really encourage fighting in camp when I remember. And I remember being told uh, after that second year, they didn't sign me and I went back to junior, but I, they invited me back for a, a second camp or I guess a, or a third opportunity again. And, and I remember them telling us specifically, yeah, they didn't want fighting. They wanted to see us play, which was, you know, kind of confusing, I guess, because, you know, I wasn't the only role type players that were in camp and uh you know and uh and so 
I mean, I I think I ended up still getting in the one. I think I remember I got in a fight with Dion Darling, who was a big defenseman. Uh, we ended up playing together in Fredericton, uh, you know, a year that next year. But uh, I, I remember just thinking that it was kind of strange because I expected, like, I was, you know, all these nerves built up to going into the camp and having to compete for spots. I was looking, like, you know, what kind of players are on these teams. Like a Turner Stevenson was, like, a big rugged winger who was scrap would scrap and I was trying to figure out like who you know who you have to fight with and who you're gonna have to compete with for spots and and then they tell you well you know just go out there and play so uh that's kind of how you know the ca- the camps went itself and I mean great experience I mean you're you're, you're playing you know I was on in my second year they I remember um before I went to Freddie we, we I was playing with uh Oh, a couple. I'm trying to. Martin Hornenberg was a was a rookie drafted by them, and and I think uh, another kid, Boyd Olson, who actually I work with now here in Edmonton Fire. <laughs> we were roommates our first year together, but we were playing in the we were in the camp and we were having an incredible session as a line. We were just like scoring <laughs> at will. It seemed so. They stopped the the. They, they were playing the NHL two lines from each team against one another. Then they were playing the American League lines against one another and they were kind of playing the junior lines against one another so they kind of did it that way so you'd go out essentially it seemed like you were playing your own caliber but when we were doing well enough so they bumped us up to <laughs> like the playing the the top line and what, what an eye-opener that was I mean I think uh like Saku Koivu and they had Pierre Turgeon and Vinnie Dampers <laughs> and all these players and, I mean it was it was an embarrassment I think they I think we lasted two shifts like that, and then they bumped us back down to where we were. I think they were just trying to <laughs> see how we were, if we were just, uh, just you know, lucky, or if we were being able to compete with these at this level. And <laughs> I think we remember it didn't go so well. Did uh, when you were at camp? Did any of the uh, any of the vets uh, were they all pretty accepting of you guys, or did they big league you at all? Oh no, they didn't accept any of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember taking a run at. Uh, oh jeez. Mark Recchi <laughs> behind the net, and uh, I just bounce like you know, like you, you don't realize the, the strength and the, the level these guys are. But I remember taking a run up in the back, bounce behind the net, and he he chased me up the ice and just cursed me the whole way. Yeah, you Recchi puke, and you 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 know you know he's just giving it to me. Like they did not like, and uh, I remember I think uh, oh yeah, well I remember being in camp and. Uh, Donald Brashear was there that time. He didn't he didn't pay an ounce of attention to any of the the rookies. Um, trying to think of a, I think it was a, you had to. I think the the only mentality is you had to earn all the respect that they were going to give to anybody there. I remember Stefan Kintel was a good guy. Uh, I don't know if you remember that name. He was a lot for them. Yeah, and uh, and. Uh, he would come over, you know, after the you know, camp when, when we weren't playing scrimmages and, and dr- like doing drills and stuff like that, and he'd give you some advice or give you a pat. Like he, he was a good guy. He, he talked to you, so he was considered a good guy. So. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, it was so long ago. There's little tidbits here and there that I remember of a few of the guys, and and uh, but just you know. At uh, that time, probably still even being a little starstruck being on the ice with with some of these players that you know you were watching play on TV, you know, a few years before. So, well, of course, yeah. Well, 
Uh, going back to junior, of course, you play, you know, uh, about 20 some games in Swift Current. Um, and then this was the year 95, 96 when the Calgary Hitmen joined the league. And so as an expansion team, and, uh, you, you end up in Calgary. Um, yeah, with, no, me and my, me and Aaron McDonald, the goalie for Sofia, we got dealt out to Calgary there, that's right. In their first year. Yeah. And, and w- uh, with the infamous coach, Graham James. Yeah, well, what a, I, I remember that, I remember that playing a lot of part in my drive to want to, because I, we came in, uh, got traded that team, like they were a first year team, and I, I think they, they were able to have, at that time, you could have a, an overly large amount of 16-year-old players on your team as an expansion team. I think it was five or six. So anyways, they had a young, really skilled team, but they were getting absolutely abused, you know, playing, they were playing Lethbridge and Medicine Hat, and and uh, they were just getting beat up. So I think at that time we got traded over to Calgary. There was Jason Norrie, was a big, tough guy that came out of, uh, the, I think he was down in Seattle maybe. Or, yep, yep. Um, he came up there, and then Ray Schultz, um, I don't know if Ray was in Calgary. He got traded there, but no, he, he was, was there. Tough, he was there. Yeah, he was there. Hey, yeah, from the start. So he was a tough, good playing defenseman. Uh, who else? I think Kirk the Wall, and then myself got traded there. I think you know they were just trying to beef up the team a little bit to try, you know, you know, you know, save these young guys that were just getting you know hammered out of the rink every night. I, mean, I remember shortly after getting there, like we we'd be in a brawl every. Every time we left Bridge, we ended up in Lethbridge, and me and it seemed like it was always me and Dale Perrington would be fighting one another, and it was just a, a brawl every night when we'd go into these barns. And so I can only imagine how it was for the for these teams because they didn't have much uh, before we all got there. And uh, you know, and in Ray Schultz, he, in, in his case, he would have been one of the few there on his own um, when they first started. And and then the Graham thing, yeah, you know that. After that all came out, I remember that season finished, and um, you know, it was, for me, like hockey-wise, it was a pretty successful year. Uh, I, you know, I started scoring a few goals and uh, was getting some ice time. I think as a 19-year-old, and and, uh, and that was the year that I, after that season, I, I got an opportunity to go back to Montreal, not as a drafted by them, but as a free agent tr- sign uh, tryout, and. Um, we had camp uh, in Drumheller that next year, and um, I went off to Montreal. Other players went off to their teams as well, and then that's when that uh, when Graham's story broke there uh, with everything. And I remember getting called at the hotel in Montreal, reporters trying to get trying to get information and and uh, on the situation. And it was just it was crazy times. I remember thinking to myself, like, "Holy cow! I can't I can't go back to junior. Like, I just I got to stay here." And I remember it was it was a drive. I remember being a driving. You know, that was my thought at the time. I just I just didn't want to be involved in the situation at all. Like I didn't know if Calgary was going to continue on or, you know, what was going to go on. And uh, I remember thinking I got to somehow make this team or make you know at least a minor league team. <laughs> so it was a, that was a crazy crazy time there. Yeah, but you know, as far as uh, you know, hockey went. Calgary was a good year. Was in some good tilts. I was. I remember uh, being in a good one with Sheldon Surrey at one point, who who was a tough customer. No, absolutely. <laughs> shoot, shoot buck a thousand miles an hour, and uh, and just uh, you know, that's kind of 
that season carried me into, and I, and I never went back. I, I got, you know, I went through camp there and, and managed to get dragged down to Fredericton and, and, and stick there that season. So it was a, you know, it was a good, you know, I don't know how I would have done better if I was, you know, if I would have been back and played a 20 year old year in the Western Hockey League, or, you know, I could have went either way, you know, a lot of 20 year olds end up not making a full season on teams just because, you know, they're kind of, uh, they're replaceable. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not, if you're not a high, high level scoring 20 year old, you know, you, you, you can get, uh, you know, replaced. So I remember it being a driving thought in my head. I gotta, I better make a move here now. Well, you, you made the team. You're, uh, you're off to the Maritimes of Freddie Beach. Uh, what was your, uh, what was your first impressions of Fredericton and how'd you enjoy the Maritimes? Well, it was awesome out there. It was, uh, you know, Fredericton was a pretty small knit community. Um, and uh, it was a college town, so it was fun. Um, the guys on the team, you know, I, you know, I kind of was. I, I guess you could say take it under under the under a wing by a, a few of the guys on the teams there. I mean, I came out, uh, I came out swinging that season. That was kind of my breakout year. I was trying to make an impression on on that team or Montreal at that time. Uh, you know, I still had thoughts that I, you know, I had an opportunity to to get called up or or get my chance to to play it at a higher level and I remember um you know I remember uh well there's a, there's yeah there's a couple of funny stories that happened to me <laughs> in Fredericton to start to start that season off um I'll tell you one here I uh so I you know I had an agent uh after the ones that I had originally had in Regina they um they kind of gravitated more towards European. They they kind of started, you know, I was just drafted, and they started talking to me about going to Europe to play, and I was like, no, I don't want to go to Europe to play yet. I, 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 this, this is my opportunity to try, you know, make you know, make the NHL or, or play at a higher league of North, North America. And so I, I I went away from that agent, and I didn't have one for a while, and I, was, I got the Swift Current, and then I uh, I was chumming with some guys on the team that had, uh, that had Mel Bridgman as an agent. Oh, there you go. And uh, I, he, uh, so I'd, I'd hang out with my roommates essentially when they were going out for meetings with Mel, and uh, you know, and just in conversation, you know, I'd be talking like, you know, hey, you know, Mel, like, uh, you know, I'm drafted, and you know, I, you know, would you consider, you know, representing me? So, um, and he did. Uh, you know, obviously, I wasn't <laughs> high on the depth chart as far as prize clients, but you know, he. He agreed to to represent me, and I remember going into uh, so going into Montreal that that uh, like my year after Calgary. He, you know, he was representing me at that time, and uh, so I, I went into camp in, in really good shape. Uh, I remember finishing like really well in the in the physical fitness, and I'm calling Mel. I'm like Mel, I did really well. I can tell you know they were happy with my 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 fitness test and the, and the scrimmages are going good. I'm like, what are, what are you hearing? Are they saying anything? And he's like, oh, yeah, keep it up, kid. You know, like, and he's feeding me, he's feeding me all this, you know, agent talk. And I'm like, okay, you know, so I go through camp and, um, and uh, now I'm down, I'm down in, uh, in Fredericton. And, and over that season to the one that I spent in Fredericton, Montreal had fired almost everybody in their organization. <laughs> Like, I think what was left was from the prior year of the camp that I was in that I went back to junior was the coach from Fredericton who was his name was Paul Lambertolo and um 
and then there was maybe Rajon Ool was a head scout. There wasn't a lot of staff. They canned everybody. So, but but I went back to that camp. Uh, you know, I didn't really think that meant much. You know, they they obviously have to pay attention. You know, to the guys they're bringing in, and and you know, and I have this agent who's looking after me, right? So he knows what's going on. And so I go through camp, and I get down to Fredericton, and um, so now we you know we're going through a, a rugged exhibition season with Fredericton, and it's down to the wire here for me to either get sent back to junior or um or make this team it's like we're in the morning sitting in the dressing room and they got to know by noon you got to be signed or else you're ineligible so it's right down to the wire so i'm nervous i'm trying to get a hold of mel and can't and i'm like uh you know i'm about to go into the office and this is a one of the guys that kind of looked after me down there a guy named jerry Jer fleming and i know you had mentioned you know to about Jerry when, when uh, you know, because he, cause he was a awesome guy and uh, an unbelievable heavyweight. <laughs> he was just, oh, yeah. he was just uh, you know, a guy to behold, a huge man that you know, he took on every every heavyweight that, that came asking and, and did well in all of them. And uh, I remember I'm sitting in this stall here and Jerry's, Jerry's, uh, you know, he's looking over, he's like, uh, He's like, are you going in next? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, well, if they decide to keep you, make sure you ask for the bonus. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I gotta ask for the bonus. I'm like, what? I said, well, what's what's the bonus? And he's like, well, you know, any of the young guys that just come out of junior, or whatever, they usually give you know like five grand to you to you know because you have to get your own apartment and buy your own furniture and all this other shit. So he says, you know, ask you know ask for the bonus. I'm like, oh, fuck, okay, I'll ask for the bonus. <laughs> so uh, I, I have it in the back of my head, but I'm thinking, well, I don't need to do this. Like, I'm going to walk in there, and he's going to say, well, your agents talked to you, this, that, blah, 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 the, you know, and he's going to have it all sorted out. So I get in there, sit down, and Bordelow's sitting across from me, and uh, he's, well, we're going to keep you. And, and he doesn't sound too excited about it, <laughs> you know, but... You know, he's saying, and I'm like, okay, and uh, that's great, awesome, uh, you know. And uh, I said, well, have you have you talked to my agent? Have you talked to to Mel? <laughs> and he's looking at me with this blank stare, like, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, Mel Bridge, my agent, like, you must talk to him. And he said he's been talking to guys like throughout the camp and how my camp's going. He's like, uh, you know, he's like, I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> he <laughs> says, he's like, uh, he's like, we're gonna keep you. You're making the league minimum <laughs> he's like you can either take it or i can send you back to junior <laughs> and i'm like holy shit like uh i wasn't you know i wasn't prepared for this like i i didn't know i was you know negotiating my own contract here i you know i had all these thoughts of you know, i had friends that had been drafted you know had agents and had been drafted and had signing bonuses and and this and that and here i'm, I'm just trying to figure out how to <laughs> you know to do this and so I'm like, okay, well, you know, and like I said, in the back of my head, like, all I wanted to do was stay and, and, and play there. I didn't want to go back, so I uh, I said, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay. I, I don't want to go back. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take whatever, <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking, like, oh, like, shit, like, do I actually, what's Mel doing? Or, you know, has he even talked to anybody? And, and so I said, oh, wait, I said, wait, I need, can I get the bonus? <laughs> And uh, he he sits back and crosses his arm and just glares at me. And he's like, "What do you mean bonus?" And I'm like, "You know, you know the bonus you give to you know guys that 
you got to get started here and, you know, get their apartments and, and furniture and stuff. And he's like, you know, and he's like, well, what, how much, how much are you thinking? And I'm like, well, like five grand. And he, and he sits back for not even like very long. He's like, okay. <laughs> and he gives it to me. And I'm like, well, shit, I should have, I should have freaking asked for 10 grand or something. You know, I didn't, I didn't know. Like if, and if Jerry hadn't told me, I wouldn't have asked a single thing. Like <laughs> it was just by luck. I was sitting by him or, you know, he, he thought maybe I was staying. And anyways, he gave me that advice and, Sure, shit. They signed me up, and uh, you know, and I was starting the, the season in Fredericton. They he left the office by telling me I had a, I had uh, like eight hours <laughs> to get out of the hotel and and start looking for a place. <laughs> by the end of the day, he said, "You better find a place." So it's like, holy cow! Like they're no, they're no messing around here. And that was the start. Yeah, I was like 19 still. Then I think I hadn't turned 20 yet, maybe. Well, there. So there you go. Jerry Fleming got you your first five grand, anyway. Well, yeah, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> he did more. For, he did more for you than Mel did. Well, I was going to say, and Mel. And the funny thing is, though, so I, I ended up talking to Mel, and 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 he's like, he just he just played it off and talked his way in circles, and I, and I just let it go. And and he was my agent, so you know we had a deal, and and I paid him money all season long <laughs> for my my minor league contract, which was the league minimum. I, I think it was around thirty grand then, thirty two thousand bucks. Or something, and he took a he took a biweekly pay pay from me off of that, and I was like, "You kidding me? Like, what a joke!" <laughs> so I don't know. I thought it was, you know, I, at the time I was kind of bitter about it, and it doesn't sound like I am now, but I was like, uh, you know, that's you know, life lessons learned in the <laughs> in the world of hockey. You know, know what's going on around you. But uh, yeah, so now I'm in Freddie and playing with Big Jerry. He's on my line course you know it's still the third line grind and cause havoc you know out there and um and i'm in i'm in freddie so uh, you know I, I've, so far so good I'm, I'm moving up the ranks and and uh and and but at this point i still haven't met uh met most of the league and the teams at that point and if, if i thought junior was full of tough guys uh, wait wait till you look at the the, the rosters in the american league in in 95 96 ish Oh, absolutely. Well, and I'm gonna we're gonna go over your fight card because I have your fight card from that year, and uh, your first fight in the American Hockey League was against Roman Ender. That's a yeah. good start. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that one, like a lot of them, were kind of at the spur of the moment, not thought a lot about, which is probably good, or I might not have got into them. But uh, yeah, he was a. Well, I remember that fight. It was in behind a, our own net. It was just a huge, strong man, and like I remember, like coming out of junior, I think I was six four, two oh one, or maybe even I don't even know if I had cracked two hundred at that point. I was a string bean, and uh, I just remember like like grabbing these guys and like you're grabbing kids in junior. It was like a, it was a different ball game. The strength level was just outrageous, and and I think you know eventually that. <laughs> that might have taught me to to move a little bit, <laughs> to pop and weave because, man, like some of these guys, like they, I, I was in awe at the strength and and uh, you know techniques that they had and uh, and I remember like you know you got to you got to throw hard and fast and get some in quick or else you know you're going to end up taking them. So I remember him. He was a big man. I 
that fight happened, and, and years later, I remember looking up fights of him in the past, and, and yeah, he was a minor league heavy through his whole career, and and uh, you know fought everybody and every everything that he could find. So, and, and that wasn't unlike a lot of guys on on teams back then. So, well, the same thing with the next guy you fought, Mark Major. I mean, he was around forever too. He was, and uh, and again, he was a he was a strong guy, and and fast knew what he was doing i remember i remember the fight well i remember i do remember that fight it was over the bench i remember him just like pushing me over the boards while i was uh trying to throw punches and i just you know use all my strength to keep my feet on the ice while, <laughs> while he was doing this so and uh funny thing him and i ended up actually playing together years later in that quebec and the yeah. quebec league but i know we'll get to that but but yeah that's where i first ran in him i think he was still he wasn't even playing for adirondack then i believe so yep yeah, but uh, and then again, like going into the going into Fredericton. I mean, I at least in junior in my last year, I, I knew the teams in in the west, or in the, I mean, in the east, and, and and some of them in the west. I knew the players that were there and, and research. But going into the American League as you know, as a young guy, uh, you know, other than uh, you know, and, and you get your <laughs> the, the one the best way to do your research is you look at all the the stats that they throw out there at the beginning of the game. They throw in your room, and you can see the penalty minutes and. The goals, and you you can do some. You can do a little bit of research, but back then, you, you know, if you didn't know, you had to you had to you ask ask around. That's how guys like Jerry were good. He always you know looked after me that way. I remember him telling me to look out for this guy. This guy's a lefty. This guy's that, and he would give advice and and uh, you know, I'm sure he wanted to tell me just to avoid guys in general. But uh, <laughs> you know, he, he didn't go that far. You know, he knew what, what I was trying to do too. So. Well, I, I laugh because then your next few fights, of course, well, you know, like the old junior rival with Dingman, but then Virtue and Brent Thompson. I mean, yeah, you're fighting it. You're certainly not fighting anybody small. That's for sure. No, yeah. It's, well, you know, I remember Dingman from junior. Like we, we had a, we had a couple of fights in junior. I think. Well, he was like Dingman was a man child again. Like yeah, in junior, I think he was six four two forty. You know, and. uh and but you know and could move around pretty good and, and uh, but I mean at that time uh, you know there wasn't a lot of guys that size and and you know he was he was a physical player too. I remember going back a little bit. I remember in Brandon this this one fight uh, with him. It was in our first year, and I was mentioning the three rookies that we played. I played with in that first season didn't get a lot of ice time. And I remember we were probably in our third or fourth game in a row. Not getting a lot of shifts. We were all sitting on the other side of the goaltender, <laughs> on the far side of the bench in Brandon, which was one of the guys' hometown. So he was sitting against the glass, I think, visiting with people in the stands, and we were sitting there. And I remember, I I think I loosened the top of my laces on my skates because they were just killing me. And uh, all of a sudden, just out of the blue, you know, hadn't, we hadn't been in the ice in two games, and. Coach yells, Raz, get out there. Rezzer, get out there. So I was like, holy shit. I, so I just grabbed the top two <laughs> laces, tied them up as tight as I could on both skates, jumped out on the ice, and we had a draw in our in our zone. And I remember, like, uh, oh, it's just I just remember the feeling of, like, Bambi legs. And uh, so the play goes on in the zone, and the, and the puck gets dumped out past the D, and I'm the first one out of the zone. And I'm racing down to try to get this puck, and the goalie comes flying out of the – Net. And I don't remember who, who was in net at that time, but he came out to play it, and, and you know, it looked like I ran the goalie, <laughs> which I did. 
But uh, really, I was just trying to skate <laughs> to the puck. So the goalie goes flying, and it's a big yard sale, and then in comes Digman. So I, I'm grabbing him, and, and he's, he is at that point, he, you know, he was big and tough, but I don't think he had developed fighting that well at that point. Too. He was clubbing me on the top of the head with his fist, I remember. So I'm fighting, I'm holding him, trying to punch, and he is clubbing me, and he ends up like, like clubbing my visor half off my helmet. And we end up going down in a heap, and then we go to the penalty box. And, and I remember the penalty box guy, he's staring at me, and he's looking, and I'm looking at him. My visor's, like, sideways on my helmet. He's like, he's like oh, he says, uh, you don't look too bad after, <laughs> after that. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, thank God for this helmet. <laughs> and he said, yeah, no doubt. And so I remember just that was a, at that point, I remember that. Like, uh, I got back to, to junior, uh, after junior, and then we got down in the pros, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to have to redeem myself here at some point. So I think when I got maybe into a couple of over the course of the year, or at least one for sure. But, yeah, another another big guy that, you know, went on to fight lots of heavies and, and, and carve a good career, too. Dinger. Well, I know one guy you fought a couple of times is Martin Latra. Yeah, Latra. I remember... Later played on a line with Dennis Bonvey and George the Rock. Can you like that was that was Hamilton's? Yeah. Wow. Well, well, and then of course for people listening, you ended up fighting George and Dennis too that year. So. Well, I think if if you I think if you looked at my card, it had to have been a third of my fights might have get might have been against Hamilton. They just they were just sandwich the way. It, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, they had a line of scrappers that would play our line. And it just it kind of, that's how it goes, <laughs> you know. So we get out there and, you know, you, depending on the game and the situation, what's going on. But, um, yeah, over the, the course, I think I actually fought George early on in the year once in Fredericton. And, uh, you know, I, like, I don't know if it's on the video. There's, a, you know, a lot of my friends, they would see the fight and they're laughing. just because I, at the beginning of the fight, I, I lean way, way, way back in this fight with George, and he's outweighing me at this point by 60 pounds, or I'm pretty sure. And uh, and I throw this just one big haymaker punch, which, like, I brought it from so far back, I should have sent him an email. Like, I think all he did is just moved his head to the side. And I flew right by him, and then he grabs me and, and basically just starts to, like, pick me up and push me down and pick me up and push me down. And so we get through this fight, and... uh and I'm like, holy shit, like, what the hell did I get myself into there? I thought, you know, he was my height when we started, but I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that, the, you know, until we got into it, the, you know, the weight discrepancy and the strength discrepancy between us at that time. So another one of those ones I, I managed to come out of and just mark down as a, as a, so I thought it maybe after that one I, I, I grabbed Martin a, a few couple times because he was a little bit little bit smaller, and uh, but saying that he was extremely crafty fighter and 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 good. He wasn't really a an open thrower. He, he liked to he liked to grapple a bit and and uh, I'll switch up here and there and stuff like that. So I remember those fights with him. They they seemed to go on a long time and we we didn't really get anywhere. It felt like. All the time, you know, like uh, you never really could break loose and, and start getting some momentum. Well, and then of course the other one is the minor league legend and Dennis Bonvey. What was it like playing Bonvey? Well, you know, 
he was one of those guys you just watch because every every time he was on the ice, something something crazy was going to happen. I, I'm pretty sure the year he must have taken a, a ten minute misconduct after every fight he was in. Like I'm sure he had six hundred minutes in penalties that season because I think back then they counted them. <laughs> you, yeah, they, they went in your, your penalty minute total. So you know, like if it wasn't you know him trying to throw up you know, one last punch for the refs were in or, or he'd push the ref or he'd get to the box and he'd throw something over a guy or slam the glass. You know, he'd, there was always something going on with Dennis, so you just had to watch him. <laughs> you know, he's, you're just drawn to, to watch him out there. And, and of course, I mean, like he, he'd, you know, he fought everybody and everything. And, you know, that's what he, he loved to do. He loved the, he loved the big show, as they say in the Quebec League. They loved the show. Yeah. So he, uh, yeah, no, and, Again, uh, you know, I'm just a first-year guy, and uh, but I mean, again, with the role I was playing in the line, you know, the, the, the you just those, those are the kind of guys you bump into. That's kind of season, that's kind of how that whole season went for me. I I ended up, you know, look back at that list, and there's some there's some big strong guys that you know that fought a lot of guys too. So it's uh, you know. It's, fun to look back on i mean uh, you know i wish i could do it again when i was 20 you know not, not 20 years old anymore you know maybe you know a few years older and a, a little bit heavier you well know, and and know what you know now right yeah yeah you know have a little bit more more experience but you know that goes back to you know a lot of guys a lot of training i remember a couple other guys in there i mean i i remember starting off that season in fredericton and uh you know, I think I was in seven or eight fights in the first ten games, right out, like right out of the shoot. And um, actually, I got a couple good stories of this. You'll find this entertaining. So, um, so one one day after practice, this coach, this Paul Ambrolo, um, it's after these ten games, you know, and I've been I've been fighting every game, and you know, I'm I'm trying to impress you know everybody, teammates, coaches, you know, hopefully Montreal. And uh, I, he calls me into his office after practice. Usually, anybody getting called into the office, it was just uh, you know because we had guys going up and down and or getting traded or whatever, some sort of movement or some sort of you know you're either getting demoted or promoted. So you know, to me in my head here, I'm thinking, Jesus, could I have you know could this be possible? Could I be getting some good news here? You know, you know I did come out here you know brawling here to start the season. And I, I remember that year Montreal sucked to start the the year and. Uh, and I thought, well, shit, could this could this be happening? So, so Paul calls me into the office, sit down, and I'm and I'm looking at me, and he does the he always does this arrogant lean back in his chair and cross his arms. He's just staring at me, and I'm like, what's up, coach? You know, and uh, he's like, I just got a call from upstairs, and like he says, is my heart my heart leaps in my chest, and I'm like, this isn't happening, like you know, so <laughs> he says. He says, the boys upstairs want to know how my European tough guy I took a chance on is doing. And you could have got a picture of that with a French accent. I'm not too good at it. But um, I'm like, uh, I was confused. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like what? He's <laughs> like, like, yeah, they want to know how, how my, uh, my, so I'm like, okay, coach, so you got me. I'm like, what's going on? So it turns out that the year that Montreal fired everybody, I was on a free agent tryout uh, set up by Mel Bridgman in Montreal again, 
but they had fired everybody. So only Paul Ann knew who I was coming into camp, and only <laughs> the head scout knew who I was coming into camp. So as with my name being Rosantsov, I went through the entire camp, them thinking I was, you know, I was running around, and I, I mentioned I was I was in a fight with with uh, uh, Dion Darling there, and, and so they didn't. They thought I was from Europe. <laughs> I was a Russian, a Russian like scrapping guy, and they did. I just had this free agent tryout. They didn't know if I was a Canadian Russian or a Russian Russian, and I went through camp. And and but Paul Ann knew me from the year prior, and he he was I guess wanted to make it known to me that he was instrumental in 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 bringing me over to Fredericton after the camp was over when they you know they they weren't signing me, but he said we'll we'll get him down to Fredericton and see. So he comes there and he tells me this. So now I'm thinking, like, <laughs> I mean, not only did Mel not talk to them, they didn't even know I was <laughs> from Canada. Like, so I was, you know, I laugh at it now and I tell the story. I mean, to think that a, an NHL team, you know, you, you think of the, the level of professionalism and the amount of money they spend bringing players in and putting them up and paying for DM and, you know, all the stuff that goes along with it. And, and, and even at that level, they... <laughs> They they don't always have their all their ducks in a row. So so anyways he he's sitting there and he tells me this and he's kinda of chuckling about so he just thought it was funny to tell me that they thought I was European and uh you know, not a not a Canadian kid and, and so and then he just goes, Okay, that's it <laughs> So I no. sends me back out of the office. So I, I I just walked out of there, you know, now you know, wheels are spinning a car of course like, Oh my god, like you know, this is this is terrible. <laughs> you know, this wasn't the news I was hoping for at all. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I'll tell you right now, there's not too many guys that <laughs> that that's happened to in a, in a professional setting, but it happened to me. Well, there, <laughs> there you go. And it's funny. I remember, I remember two other guys there on the team who uh, well, I took a liking to, and I think uh, you know they took a liking to me just because I was a bit of a meatball. It was uh, it was Jason McDonald and and David Ling, and uh, they were two characters. <laughs> I was gonna say you're you're reading my notes. Those are the two names I have written down here. Yep. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, they they were they were you know I got along real well with them and 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 ended up spending a lot of time with them. And I think uh, I remember them thinking like you know like they they didn't want to burst my bubble, but I remember them coming up to me and saying you know you're doing you're doing great, Res. You know like. You know, but you know what? We're, you know, what did you like? Get in the gym with here. You know, we're gonna get you in the gym here after practice sometimes. So I was like, oh, that was weird. You know, like you know, not too often the guys are like trying to drag you into the gym with them specifically. You know, usually everybody's doing their own thing. So I remember, uh, you know, and I think, you know, I think after a while, I just figured they were, you know, they figured they better get some meat on me or something. They're worried about my, you know, me lose, get my block knocked off here at some point. So. <laughs> You know, they were quietly trying to just <laughs> coax me into, you know, getting stronger or better. But that's the way they went about it. But I, like, and and these two guys, they were, they were good players. Macker was scrapped. Well, so was Linger. They were, they they wouldn't. Linger was probably more scrappy than Mac. They they get into it with anybody, but it wasn't really their role. They were they were they were point of game players. And uh, I remember going. So so okay. Oh, oh yeah, Macker. Like you know, you do anything the the vets tell you to do. They, you watch in the gym. You go in the gym with them. So I remember going to the gym, and they were, they were kind of sitting there throwing the throwing the these uh, the 45s on this on this rack. I remember. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing legs today, you know, or whatever. And so 
uh, you know, I walk over and I'm like, all right, let's, you know, what's up, boys? And and then Macker walks up to this thing and he picks it up off the bar and he starts doing like overhead bench press, like military press. And I'm like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Like, I, <laughs> I can't lift that. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? And I mean, like they were just built like brick shit houses, these two guys. And uh, so I said, guys, you know, this isn't going to work. I can't work out with you guys. Like, you know, you're in a, bit, a little bit of a different level here. So I remember, uh, you know, I remember them. Well, they they kind of took me under the wing and tried to give me advice all season long and, and worked with me on the ice and not just with fighting but with playing and and uh, of course with having a few beers here and there as well. So it was. It was. Uh, I enjoyed those two guys. I remember coming home from the bar one night with them too, and uh, we're in the we're in the back of a cab, and I'm sitting between them, the two, and I I'm pretty sure they played with each other maybe in PEI. I think that's where they were originally from, somewhere in the Maritimes, and uh, they started arguing about who was a better player in AAA midget or something, and it started out just as a conversation, and then the, then they're yelling in my ears, and I just remember like like. <laughs> turning my head to the side and they're yelling at each other. The next thing you know, I know they've, they've got the cab, cabbie stopped and they, they're, they're outside like fighting. <laughs> and I don't know if they remember this or not, but I, I still think of this to this day. These two, these two meatballs fighting over who was best, best fight or best player in triple A midget back when they were kids. <laughs> years earlier. So. Uh, characters yeah. also, I mean, they're, they're, they're a couple of tough guys and, and good players at the same time, the kind of guys you, you hope to be like kind of when you're, when you're watching them. Oh, absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, we're back. Um, another teammate I want to ask you about, and he had, uh, he had a, you know, went on and had a hell of an NHL career, but he put up like 350 penalty minutes this year was Brad Brown. Brad Brown. Yes. And, uh, yeah, no, I could never forget Brownie. I think about that team is, and the, the tough, toughness that was on. Well, Brad Brown led the way. There, even even over even over Flammer, like Flammer was kind of at the end of his career at that point, and, and he would you know he would step in the deal with any you know anybody, but you know uh, Brownie, I don't think I saw him lose a fight that year. I mean, he he just uh, he just had a rock solid jaw on him, and he could just throw and and take punches. So that's you know he he could just get into a. Uh, an exchange off and he had that reach too like i still remember he he could just hold guys out and he kind of just lean back and he just throw straight down the pipe and he had some epic fights with christoph oliwa and uh you know i think uh well jerry and him maybe smith and st john's and uh well i mean i could go through you know he he dealt with he dealt with all the nhl heavies that either hadn't been uh, hadn't been like up in the NHL yet. They were still making their way up, or they had been up and had been sent down. And that's uh, and you know, and he and he reveled in it. He loved it too. Yeah, he was a fun fun fighter to watch. Brad Brown and, and and a good guy too. He was just young then, trying to make his mark when we were in Fredericton. He was just starting out his pro career too. And uh, and I liked him. He you know he he had he spent some time 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 up in the show and. And did did well for himself. Yeah, if you talk to anybody that knows him, he'd be he'd be right up there as one of the one of the tougher defenses played when he was playing for sure. Well, no, absolutely. Well, and you mentioned St. John's, and I mean uh, the Wild well, Oysters too, but the Maple Leafs team. Oh, of course, yeah, you just yeah. look at the roster. Of course, you got Shane Toporowski and um, John Craighead. Craighead. Yeah. yeah, and uh, well, and, you know, and 
and of course the bird dog greg smith um what was him, it that was that was him and flemmer that's who used to battle yep. it out that's what i remember about them they they come across and, and i didn't like he he was legendary out there and again i was just coming in and not knowing much about guys and stuff like that and then you you find out later that he you know he he had you know spent a ton of time out there and, and had been fighting for years and just been an animal <laughs> so you know i watched him and jerry throw down some just just punch in the face contest as hard as you can. You know, I haven't seen humans hit each other that hard uh, live, you know, since those fights. it's uh, They were some tough battles. I remember them being done and them, you know, both just being, like, battered and exhausted after them. But, you know, during the fight, right to the right to the end. And uh, so, you know, <laughs> fun to watch. Not exactly fun to be in. And I, I think I might even have gotten a fight with John Craig at it. At one point, I don't know if you had that ro- roster. I can't remember for sure, but I remember him being strong. If I wasn't fighting with, I was watching him fight guys, and he was a big, strong guy. And you know that was his role. He, he wasn't much of a a player out there. Just ran around a little bit, but I mean, he was uh, big and strong, and and just liked to throw bombs. And uh, you know they had a tough team out there. I mean, you know they loved the entertainment when when you went out there. Out on the rock wall, and I know one guy that you did fight on that team, and of course he is the current Avalanche coach, is Jared Bednar. Yeah, Jared Bednar was, and was that in the coast or was that even in the American League? I it was in the American I, League. Yeah, I, I think I even got into a fight with him in the coast uh, eventually too. Yeah, well, well, Bednar, yeah, he was he was a good playing defenseman, and uh, I remember him being a like a smarter fighter. He he could you know he he was he tie up and throw a punch and tie up and throw a punch he was he was kind of like that i i if i can you know if i can kind of go back to that that time i think i remember i remember him that that being his style like he wasn't a wide open guy you know but i, I don't think he shied away from anybody and uh and uh you know just another you know, i'm sure he was uh you know an asset to a team you have a good a good playing defenseman that can hold his own with anybody and willing to go you know that's a that's a bit of an asset to a for a club. Well, absolutely. Well, following that season, um, like the next season, you're in Raleigh in the East Coast League. Um, was there any more talk with uh, like coming back to Fredericton at all, or any American League team? Well, yeah, that was you know it was a disappointment to me. I thought by the end of the year I had at least done enough to get an opportunity to come back, or at least an opportunity to, to get into another camp. Um, you know, I had at that time still my eggs in the basket with Mel Bridgman, <laughs> which didn't go so good. But um, you know, I spent that that whole off season. I, the year end meeting ended up being told that uh, next season that Montreal was splitting with Los Angeles. I think at the time their farm team, uh, and I think it was in Freddie again that year. But the uh, Fredericton lost lost half their their spot, and and myself. And you know, a handful of other guys there that were free agent tryouts, and and maybe guys that were on the end of their their contracts were let go, and and I didn't end up going back, which was, uh, you know, I was disappointed. I I thought, you know, I think in retrospect, you know, if I knew better, I might have, uh, you know, I might have even kind of campaigned for myself after that season if I had to. Just you know, I think I had twenty seven or twenty eight fighting majors and. And, uh, you know, after the season, you know, if you, I'm sure if you look around to enough teams, 
there'd be somebody willing to you know give a guy a chance to come in and do that, but I didn't, and I ended up down in in Raleigh, North Carolina, which which um, was a team at that point. I think they were it was just a transition year from the the Hurricanes coming there and that East Coast team leaving to go to Augusta, Georgia, and um, but met a couple of you know good friends there, and uh, you know. Uh, kind of reunited with some guys from junior like uh Lars Patterson was my roommate and uh that's where I met big Danny Kopak and uh, uh and a bunch of other good good players Paul Ferone was a tough guy out in junior yeah uh that ended up down there with us and was a good guy and uh was a great teammate and so you know that was you know regardless of where you went I always found you ended up with you know and especially down the coast you ended up with a team that had a you know that was, you know, there was always a handful. You always had backup. You always had a handful of guys that shared the wealth as far as having the to deal with fighting. And uh, you know, that's you know, it's all about your teammates when you're when you're coming up. You, you make a lot of good friends and uh, the journey there. So we're all, even though it was a, a team going away and they had kind of given up on it, um, you know, we you know we had we met met a lot of good guys and had a good season. It was a rough. That was a rough season. The coast was a tough league. I. Uh, I remember, you know, I didn't, I pretty much picked up where I left off from <laughs> in Fredericton, but down there. And, uh, you know, me and, uh, you know, me and Dan did a little brunt of the, the fighting for the squad there. And, but, um, again, I, uh, you know, thinking back 20 years or so now, uh, you know, it's kind of a blur <laughs> as far, as far as who and when and, and what the details were. But, um, you know, it was the start of a, of uh, a start of a, you know, a longer career in the East Coast, which uh, you know I enjoyed, and and I met a lot of good, a lot of good guys. Well, at least it was uh, at least the weather was good. I mean, you didn't have to plug the car in anymore, so that's all right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and in Raleigh, uh, <laughs> that's funny. We uh, we played in a, in a in an arena that was completely encased in glass, and uh, I remember we'd have these you know six o'clock games or whatever, and it would be right at be right at sun, sunset, and uh, they'd have to delay the game while this, like, because the, the one side the goalie couldn't see, because the sun would be so bright on the one side. So, like, there'd be this uh, fifteen-minute, you know, delay till the till the sun went, uh, you know, down beyond the trees, so <laughs> you could see in the see on the one side of the ice, which is, you know, you know, you never see anything like that. That, that, did, that or, didn't happen in the crushed can of moose jaw. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh well, you could barely see from one side of the ice to the other, and that <laughs> that thing. So. You know, let alone from <laughs> see the see the trees outside while you're playing, but you know it's kind of a you know a unique situation in that rink. You know. I love when we turn the lights on in the morning and all the cockroaches would just scurry into the stalls and into your gear, and you're like oh, it'd be just like hit or miss whether one would be in your shin pads while you're practicing. Yeah. <clears throat> Little difference in temperatures like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I I I talked to Dan. I texted him. I said I was having you on. And uh, I said, do you have any stories? And he was like, well, not really. He gave me a few names to ask you about. But then he also said, ask Krasanzov about cupboard doors. Oh, cupboard doors. Because he likes <laughs> oh, to remodel man. the odd apartment, he said. Oh, man, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, not, you know. <laughs> One of my prouder moments, but yeah, it was a moment anyways in, in time. I remember... This was this is fast forward now past Raleigh. That season kind of came and went, and uh, we all got moved over to Augusta. 
And uh, Don and I were roommates, and and then um, we had a couple of teammates, Thompson and Pedersen, uh, who lived in an apartment upstairs. It was kind of his apartment where everybody congregated and had beers and drank and partied and stuff when we weren't playing. And uh, I remember, I don't know what, what happened. I must have been concussed, but I it was a game in, a, in Augusta, and I remember... Uh, I remember going up to the point to, and trying to block a shot, and I took a slap shot. It went right up my stick, hit me right in the forehead. Ew. And I, uh, and I, you know, I went down in a heap. I remember, like, in the crowd, like, this was our home barn, actually. <laughs> and they were all just going wild. Like, they, you know, they cheered at everything. It was the first year Augusta had a team. They, they cheered at everything, offsides, face-offs, you know, icings. They didn't know what was going on. And, and any ounce of blood or violence was just ultra awesome to them. So I remember, uh, so I'm down on the ice and I get up and I, I stand up and I, I take my hand, like I can see blood on my glove and I take my hand off and it just squirts all along the glass, <laughs> glass where I was standing and the whole, the whole crowd just goes silent. And I remember looking at, I could see a couple of people's faces just like, they're just pausing. I remember the refs came and grabbed me and they, the, the door off the ice was, just to the corner so they, they shuffled me over there and off the ice I went so I, I left that game and I remember going to get I think I had to get a few zippers in the forehead for that one and and um, then I met up with the guys after well you know so we went and <laughs> we went out <laughs> a few beers and then I went back and we had a few more and then I don't know what came over we were all sitting in the kitchen here having this conversation and I just thought it'd be in my best interest to to do this, this headbutt against their pantry door and and so you know I, I still had these stitches in my head and everything but you know at this point you're not thinking correctly so and uh, uh, I guess it's just made out of that old wood thin paddling so I, my head like goes right through this pantry door and I'm stuck in the pantry now because all the wood's like hooked in my neck and my head's through the door the guys are pissing around, like they're laughing. And they think this is hilarious. They're opening the door with my head in it and closing it and opening it. And then my stitches pop the stitch, so I'm bleeding now all over the craft dinner in there. And and uh, and then we ended up <laughs> they had to unscrew the door and break me out of it. So we just kept that door by the front door of the the, the apartment just as a as a like a souvenir till the end of the year. But uh, yeah, that that apartment it, it took some beats over the season and. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure all three of our paychecks got withheld. Our last paychecks in the in the Augusta that season got withheld to to do a few repairs to some doors and maybe <laughs> a wall or two. You know, you get wrestling and you know it goes. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, a guy gets thrown through a wall and it just happens. So, but uh, yeah, no, there's well, yeah, there's plenty of those stories. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. It was. Uh, a lot of fun. Well, absolutely, and uh, well, and like you said, the East Coast League. I mean, obviously, no, uh, um, obviously, it's fair share of uh, of crazies in that league too. And uh, you know, with you guys being in the Southeast Division, and I was just kind of looking at some of the teams, and like you said, the rosters. I mean, Charlotte. I mean, had Eric Bolton, Andre Juan, Dale Purrington. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Purrington and I, we seem to have a, a like a rivalry all the way through junior to the East Coast, right in the American League we fought and yeah. and it, we just kind of seemed to follow each other around. It just it seemed to work that way. Bolden was a tough character man. I I mean, 
Uh, not to take anything away from him, but I mean, just playing against him in the coast, I, I would never have thought he would have carved the NHL career out that he did. But I mean, good on him. He 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 was good at what he did, and uh, you know, and uh, he played at a time where that was a valuable asset to teams, and uh, you know, he did well. But he, you know, he uh, he was a, a heavy, and then Andre Watt too, yeah, who went on to you know win a cup and have a have a great NHL career. Yeah, they all battled their way up from the East Coast, and so that's when you could do it then. Yeah, you know, guys could uh, could start out down there and work their way up. You know, a lot of those guys just started off fighting; they became better players, and uh, you know, eventually, you know, found a you know a niche in, in an organization. You know, and and you know, I thought I've I've always uh, you know it's kind of a sad thing now. I it's disappointing that there's there's really no room for that anymore. You know, like it's there was hope for players that you know there weren't that had a lot of heart, a lot of a lot of toughness that could, you know, they could find a, a place to play at a higher level, you know, if they were the best at what they were doing. And, and nowadays, you know, it's it's just not, you know, it's there's a few left. And, uh, you know, in all in all leagues, you know, it's it's, it's starting to go to the wayside. So, uh, you know, it's, you, you feel those players that come up, you, you know, you know, there's not a space for them anymore, basically. <laughs> and, and you feel bad for them, you know, if you came up doing that. I think about, you know, uh, if that's you know if that's the way you were going to go, it's not going to work out anymore. <laughs> you know you better be skilled, you better be fast, and and uh, you know it's kind of a it's a new it's a new hockey, it's a new NHL, it's a new you know it's a new minor league system. Everything's changing. No, absolutely. Um, well, uh, a, another team that you would have played a, a lot would have been uh, the Tallahassee Tiger Sharks, and of course they had Louis Bedard and John Baduk. Yeah, 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 I think, well, Lou and I have gone into a, a couple for sure. Yeah, I remember Lou coming into Augusta. Yeah, he was scrappy. We played together in the Quebec League as well. Yeah. But uh, he played on a couple teams down on the coast. And, you know, he was, uh, I would say Lou was, you know, not to say that he wouldn't fight heavyweights, but he was more of a, you know, he he would be a middleweight guy that would grab, uh, you know, you know, would fight with middleweight type guys. You know, but again, like I said, he would fight with anybody. But I'd say is, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, he would he would be the guy who would he would fight your middleweight guys. And, and he was, you know, he he did well. Uh, we hit a we we had a couple of fights. I mean, I I outreached him. I remember and, and won in Augusta here or there and, and cut him pretty good and won. And but I mean, again, I, you know, I I was a little bit taller and. And uh, had to reach on him, but I mean, uh, he would fight anybody. And 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 Baduke, Well, I mean, he was. I mean, I I was hearing about Baduk in Portland uh, when I was playing junior back in in the Western League. He was already famous. On I think they had Baduke T-shirts made up in, yeah. in Portland. I mean, he was he was already uh, famous. And I remember I remember when he was showing up in the down on the coast. So he was, I guess, I guess maybe on the downswing of his career by then. Um, he'd been fighting for a long time already, but uh, uh, tough, a tough customer nonetheless. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't remember if, if him and I ever got into it. <laughs> we may have, but uh, uh, I mean, he wouldn't probably remember either, too, considering how many fights he'd been in over his minor league career as well. Well, yeah, just, uh, I mean, I could go forever going down the rosters, but I want to throw a few names at you um, on different teams. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean. 
Do you remember? Uh, I always ask this about this guy. He played in Dayton. Do you remember Calvin Crow? Oh yeah, Calvin Crow. Yeah, he. I, I think he. We might have crossed paths in junior at one time too. I don't know. Would he have played with the Moose Jaw Warriors? Maybe. Well, he or, was. He was, was with, he the, or was he down in the west? In the west, in the, He was in Seattle, and then but, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But he was in Medicine Hat too, as well. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, he, he did get traded out here. Yeah, I think him and I crossed paths in a fight again so long ago. But I mean, I know his name, so uh, you know he he went on to fight. You know, all through the minors. I mean, that was his role. I'm pretty sure he had like like plates in his face already, and was still doing it. Like I remember people talking about that. Um, just just love fighting. Just you know, there was guys like that that just loved just loved it. Like you know, I, I remember they just they reveled in it. They didn't they didn't care if they did anything else. They were they were coming out after somebody, and that was that. Well, the yeah. the big story with him is, of course, when he played in the SJHL with the Nippon Hawks. Um, oh, he's got he, a penalty record, didn't he? 723 minutes of penalties. That's right. Yeah, now that you bring that up, I recall that. Um, well, yeah, that's a feat. Imagine that in a season. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, what do you, you got to say? I mean, you knew, you knew what you were getting when you were playing him, I guess. Absolutely. I well, another guy you said they talked about guys that revel that loved it. Um, he played in Huntingdon this year. Uh, was the meat grinder Marty Melnichuk? Oh yeah, Marty. Well, you know, and I didn't know Marty that well, but he's good friends with Danny Kopak. Um, and I remember him telling me these stories about his. I think maybe they were even roommates or teammates. I couldn't remember, but you know, and um, and you know. He was, yeah, he was, uh, you know, I've, I've saw some of his fights online just looking him up and getting that rabbit hole and I'm looking at, you know, get on there and we go scrolling through the fights that are put up and I've seen a couple of his and, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was a crazy big scrapper too and Dan used to tell stories about him. And in fact, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't know each other till after hockey, but, uh, I bumped into him here in Edmonton now. He's, he lives and works here now and, has some has just some businesses and, and stuff, and I bumped into him at some Oilers games in here and there, and looks like he's doing well, and you know, adapted like everybody else, you know, after hockey. That was that was one guy I was always really surprised never ended up in Quebec, in the Quebec League. Yeah, well, I mean, I you know, I think when I when we got out there, you know, it was kind of just the start of when they started to import players. Uh, like I remember. You know, Dan and I being out there, and um, we didn't—I didn't recognize a lot of the guys in it. Uh, but fast forward three years, and then I started to recognize guys from from minor leagues all over the states, all over—you know, East Coast, United, Central. You know, I think even there was West Coast. You know, there was guys that they had you know picked or had contacted that you know enticed to come out there and, and join the ranks of some team in, in, in Quebec there but um yeah marty you know he i guess you know i didn't i didn't see him and if, and if you're saying he wasn't out there he never showed up later um and so you know it's not a bad thing either <laughs> so yeah you know it depends uh you know what stages of your career and what you're trying to do but um you know um you know he'd be you know he would have fit in well I, i'm i'm assuming so oh i would whatever. think so well yeah the- the following year, you're you're in Augusta, and uh, you know you're yeah. back there with Kopech, and uh, 
you guys yeah, are yeah. tearing it up with 300 minutes and you got 283 and of course then you're you're also joined by uh the man known as grease old chris thompson yeah grease ball <laughs> yeah yeah he's he was there yeah well yeah he's uh uh well tom are you other than you know, being one of my good pals he's he was a unbelievable teammate i mean he's a good player and he was he was scrappy and he could get under the skin of uh, absolutely anybody <laughs> absolutely anybody including you yeah. <laughs> what was going on you know but uh you know we had a good mix that year <clears throat> i mean and there was there was a handful of guys on, the, on that team I, i'd love to look quickly at the roster and and see and uh but we had a we had a tough team and it was skilled and um and uh yeah and, and those guys you know they were just coming off of uh you know NHL contracts and stuff too so they were playing good hockey and and, and scrapping with you know guys at a high level and uh and um you know are doing well i mean uh, i'm just trying to think here some of the other guys that uh, that might have been on that squad. I think well, yeah, Darren Colburn and Lars, and then. Uh, uh, well, I'm trying to think of scrappers. Yeah, that oh, was, that was a, well, yeah, we uh, we had um, uh, there was Alex Johnstone. I think was there for a bit, and and uh, that were that was my well, that was the next year. No, I missed him. I'm trying to think of uh, of uh, who well, there, that year. Yeah, there was on this year. It was I mean, it was just kind of you and Kopech and Thompson, really. Um, that first year or your first run around in, in Augusta. Um, well, DeSantis was we have, there. Do we have Richard Irwin? He was, he yep. was, he was just starting off fighting out a lot in, in Raleigh before he came down there. Yep. I think he was, uh, that was pretty much his, his main role at that time. But, um, I don't know how far he went on after that, but yeah, no, that first year, well, that was, that was a fun season. I mean, that was an inaugural season in a team that never seen hockey before in their life. I mean, uh, being anybody that, you know, that, that fought or hit or anything like you, you were just, the fans just loved that they, they could, they would sit on the, I mean, the Augusta arena, I remember, I think it held about, three or four thousand maybe five thousand people and it was just packed hanging off the glass every night they were just again ready to ready for some like you know good old board bang and fight and <laughs> yep. blood. they were just they were ready for it it was you know like fucking wrestling for them they just wanted to see a good show every night and so that's a different it was a different aspect of playing hockey you know like you know i wouldn't say you know up here we're hockey snobs, but we there's lots of the game that people think about, you know, and and judge and everything like that. Down there, there's just it's pure entertainment, and so you know it's it's fun just to have people so excited to see a game they hadn't seen before. Yeah, and um, you know it was fun to play in front of them, and and yeah, and I, I'm sure that it kind of it kind of coaxed you to, to get in. You know, I it was it was fun to get into a, in, into fights in Augusta. I tell you that. Well, I know one of the teams in your division is Miami. That had to be a pretty good road trip. Yeah, Miami was good. Yeah, I think we, we, uh, I think our coaches always normally try to keep us the furthest away from the beach as possible. <laughs> they pretty much planned it that way. And um, I mean, traveling the southern the southern states was a you know, um, when you're just when you're just a player. I remember you know you you look at they used to throw out the stats and, and on 
you know, on a big tablet of players, and they'd have the, the transactions too. And you'd look, and the North would have all the transactions, like like the Toledos and the Johnstowns, and and um, like they were like rougher towns, Wheelings, and they. But they, all these players were moving up and down to the the American League, and they were getting opportunities and stuff. And I remember, <laughs> you know, down in the like we. <clears throat> We we had American League signed guys that weren't even getting opportunities to get called up because it was, you know, it was too costly for I think for the teams like they'd have to fly them up and stuff and so, you know, guys would just get stuck down there. It was such a nice atmosphere to play in. You know, you're it's warm and I mean they don't, they don't call it the easy come hard leave league for no reason. It's it's true. Like uh, you know, guys playing in Miami and Fort Myers and Biloxi. Mobile, like I played Mobile and Lafayette, and uh, you know these. When you're coming from Saskatchewan, these are, it's a different, <laughs> it's a different place to play hockey. That's for sure. Well, it's amazing. Like yeah, like you said, when you see the guys, like even the guys I've had on the show, like a lot of them that played in that league or whatever, they never leave. Like they end up, you know, they meet a girl there, get married, and they're, you know, they stay in oh, Florida yeah. or in South Carolina, and you know, you know, and then just having the names. You know, coming out of there, like you said, the fans just kind of love it. I mean, you probably could uh, probably get hooked up with a decent gig after you're done playing hockey if you played your cards right. Yeah, no. I mean, if you could spend a certain amount of time in a city and uh, and kind of grow some roots there, like, uh, uh, and a lot of players did. Yeah, you're right. Um, I know, especially in Lafayette, there's when I when I played on the team, it was a you know really it was an older a lot of a lot of uh, you know veteran guys and they. Uh, you know, they, a lot of them end up spending time down there and, you know, developing businesses and, you know, getting into the community after the game. And, um, I mean, it, it would be great for sure. I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I just, I got just too many ties to home and, and it was, uh, you know, I just never took advantage of it. Plus, I never stayed anywhere too too long. <laughs> I just need to move down the road quite often. So, it's a new place. So, you know, um, but I mean, I, as far as... Uh, being able to experience down there and and just uh, you know in all honesty they just they loved rough hockey the south just loved rough you know you know scrappers in the teams kind of like in Quebec were like the main the main that's who that's who the first line to the fan was <laughs> down in the south and in the in the Quebec league you know as opposed to you know everywhere else where it's the the top end players were the entertaining ones so it was, you know, it's something. It was something different to experience for sure. Well, no, absolutely. Well, like the following year, like you, you know, you start off in Augusta, and then uh, you get traded to the Louisiana Ice Gators, and end up going all the way to the final. Um, uh, yeah, how did you enjoy your year in Louisiana? Yeah, no, I, well, I would say, you know. Uh, right up there with my inaugural season in Augusta and meeting all the people there, you know, that Louisiana year was was one of the best hockey seasons we had. We had like we had an incredibly talented team, um, you know. And then uh, on top of that, you know, we made a good push all the way to the elite finals. We lost to Peoria that that year and it was disappointing. But um, you know, Southern hospitality. The you know, we, we played in the Cajun Dome there. We had games with upwards towards 10,000 people in it towards and in the playoffs like you know I'd never played in front of you know fans and, and crowds like that before and and again you know you're, you're going to the rink and in shorts and a t-shirt and it's, it's just a different outlook on hockey and and 
And you, again, you know, it's uh, we had some good rivalries. There were some good tough rivalries. There was, you know, we played Baton Rouge, and we went to, you know, New Orleans was a, you know, to think you, you spent some time playing hockey in New Orleans is <laughs> is not something everybody can say. And it was uh, pretty crazy. And there we played in like my first years. It was like a theater, half a rink and half was a theater. They made it so like half the rink had straight up from the boards it was just walls straight up to the ceiling and the other half was stands it was it was crazy uh, and you know packed and the fans you know they, they they really endeared their teams down there they you know they 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 were big fans of their teams and supported and supported them well a couple of the fights you had from that year and of course one of them was with a massive dude uh and it's on again folks it's on my youtube channel go check it out uh kyle friedrich yeah, big Friedrichs. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Well, I, I had known about him before. Actually, he was, he was a friend of uh, Pedersen's. He was on Gus. I think he's an Alberta boy. I know he is, actually. And uh, they knew each other prior. And I remember, well, I, I mean, he was up fighting heavies in the, in the show, too. But when he was down in Louisiana, uh, I remember um, them coming to Augusta to play us. I remember this. And I, I remember watching them warm up and... The whole team was kind of standing around just before their skate. They're all standing around the center dot, you know, just listening to the coach talk. And everybody was standing except Fredericks was on one knee, and uh, he was like a, you know six inches shorter than everybody else on the ice, uh, sitting on one knee. And I'm like, holy cow, like he's massive, this this dude, eh? And then uh, you know, then we end up we end up playing them, and uh, you know, yeah, when you get him stretched on the ice, you can see like he was a, he was a massive individual i think he was you know six five or six and he must have been two or 250 or so i don't know i'd have to look up the stats but he was a big dude and yeah in that game we ended up uh i think he he took a good run at one of our defensemen and i had to go in there and and uh and drop him with him and uh yeah well i think it was a it was a it was a quick fight and not a lot of damage done we both threw a few punches and uh and um you know, came out of it pretty unscathed, but uh, yeah, like uh, I can I can see how he was, you know, successful, you know, fighting his whole career and and, and making it as high as he did. He was a he was a big man, and I've watched some of his fights online. Like, I think there's a, there's an interesting one where he he punches the tooth right of somebody, and the camera catches it, and they you can watch it on YouTube yeah, somewhere. His fight with Vandenbush in the, was yeah, was the yeah against Chicago, yeah, when he was in pretty, Tampa. Oh, he gets his teeth yeah, knocked right. out. Yeah. I mean, so you know these guys, they can hit hard. <laughs> they can hit hard. Yeah. But, uh, well, one guy that going through your fight card, I think this is the guy you. I think you fought him more than anyone else, um, and you ran into him twice this year. And of course, you guys would cross paths later in the Quebec League with Jason Hamilton. Yes, Jason Hamilton. Yeah, I. Uh, Jason Hamilton. I guess you could say, or I could say, even that he was probably somehow managed to be my my nemesis seemed like wherever we went you know down from the coast i ran into him in baton rouge i think and in wheeling yep and uh you know of course in the quebec league a ton of times and and uh yeah he was a tough guy and he really he was one of those guys that liked to fight well that was his role he i don't feel like he you know uh, i'm trying to think of him as a player I don't know how effective it was, but I mean, when he was out there, he was usually out out there to 
to stir things up a bit. And we got into a bunch over the years all over the place, uh, different times and places. And Yeah, and he... <laughs> He just, yeah, he was an intense, intense guy. Like when I talked earlier about like fighting calm and and not fighting calm, like he was the complete opposite of fighting calm. Like he'd be, like, he'd be screaming during the fight. He was the guy that like we, you know, you sit in the penalty box and he would sit and and scream and yell at you the entire five minutes. It was just, <laughs> it was just a lot. You know, I remember and you know you're just like oh my god, Matt, sit down already or like you know like. You know, we just fought like <laughs> the last two two games, and we're all we're going to go again. Okay, yeah. You know, it was just uh, it just kind of seemed like that whenever we played him. You know, he was in Quebec in the in Quebec in the Quebec league, and, and every time I st- stepped foot on the ice, it seemed like he was coming. He was coming looking for me to fight. So, um, yeah, no, I, him and I fought quite a bit, and I think we had all kinds of different levels of fights. There was. There were some that were in brawl, line brawls. There was some, I remember in the coast having to come off the bench. He was running around and fighting. He had no no shoulder pads on, no shirt. And I remember, like, I remember looking down the bench and everybody was looking down at me. <laughs> I'm like, they're like, who's going to go deal with that? So I remember jumping over the boards and I was thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? Like, what am I going to grab onto on this guy? And uh, he, he always liked to come out of his gear. It was like the old Rob Ray trick, or you know, a lot of those guys back in the day that was shed everything as fast as possible, so there's nothing to hang on to. And it, it was quite, it was pretty effective. You, uh, if you if you couldn't keep it on, you know, if you can, you know, anybody actually, for that matter, if, you, if they can get out of their gear, you know, and get their arm, you know, getting some momentum, you know, you have to look out. And that was one of one of the things he tried to do. But yeah, we fought a lot, and uh, yeah, you know, I'd have to say. You know, I was I wasn't uh, sad when I didn't have to see his face anymore. But uh, you know, it's uh, you know, guys are you know all the these guys in the minors they're just uh, doing what they have to do to stay in play for their teams, right? So, I mean, uh, I, I give it to anybody who did that role for as long as they did, and, and he was one of those guys too. No, oh, absolutely, and. Uh... Yeah, and I mean it's it's interesting because I mean his name has come up a few times um, on this show, and uh, you know not real popular. We'll put it that way. Uh, there was a lot of, you know, there was a few guys that didn't have anything really too too positive to say about Hamill. They all uh, said he was yeah, tough. They I all mean, said he was tough, but they just said he was annoying as shit. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, that's that's the way I looked at it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, there was lots of guys that I I fought where, you know, you could uh, you could have a you know. Uh, you could, you would be able to give a nod to after the fight, or you know, a pat or something. You don't have to talk to them. I hated talking to people on the ice. I thought it was such a joke when guys were chatting each other up. It just pissed me off. I, I still think I watch hockey now, and these guys are talking to another. Like they're all buddies. I'm like, where's the, where's the hate? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. Where's the, where's the rivalry here? Like, you know, we can talk later. Right now, it's business. But you know, and I, and I, uh, you know. He he just uh, he was just so over the top all, all the time, you know. So yeah, I can see I can see I can see why guys, you know, uh, would be annoyed with how how he was, and uh, and uh, but I I mean you know I I think of a lot of guys, uh, you know, you always say oh, I hate that guy, you till you know till till he's playing on your team and then and then you want that guy around, right? <laughs> so, but 
Yeah, he was a he was a big rivalry, you know, and uh, we got in some good tilts, and uh, you know, I think we we got the better of each other a couple different times, and um, and uh, you know, I guess uh, you know did what did we have to do to uh, for our teams at, at that point, anyways. Well, one of the names that was brought up to me that I was supposed to mention to you at. Uh, I don't know what, where this is going to go, but, uh, you know, um, it was Ryan Pisiak. Oh, Pisiak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a story with Pisiak before, uh, from, like, if we rewound back to, a, uh, to Augusta, I guess. Um, so I, I like, uh, living in Swift Current, back to Swift Current, when we spent the summers there, you know, I, like I said, I, I trained with a bunch of, well, trained well. <laughs> I hung out with, a, lived with a bunch of uh, like guys that were playing minors and pro. Uh, I don't know, like uh, I know T- Tony Mohagen was one guy, and Jeremy Reach and Lane Almer. There's there's a, there's there's way more, but there was about you know eight or nine of us. That, we were all buddies, and that's where we spent our summers. We all lived there, and uh, so I did. And, and, P- and Pisiak, I didn't really know him hockey wise, but he also spent time there so we'd see him working out and stuff like that i think i knew he was a scrapper i didn't know i think he was a central league guy or maybe united league guy um but you know we didn't really associate much but uh come the year in augusta uh pziak ends up on a team there and um i can't remember which one it was but i remember uh, him and i end up squaring off of the draw he was he was in in, he's in louisiana oh was he in louisiana then okay so we come in uh, you know, squared off draw, and I had this fight on on tape too at one time. I had a lot of fights on tape. I lost I lost footage. I used to record uh, fights at the end of every year on a tape, and, and just to, to keep going along. And I eventually lost it along the way. But I had this one, and I so I can I can remember it. I so I we come into this fight, and we grab on it, and I start swinging, and I catch him one right in the chin, and he goes down right away. So. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I, I remember when I was in the East Coast, I kind of got hung up in the, the crowd in Augusta, and you'd put your hands up in the air, and I think about it now, maybe, you know, not too respectful, but I used to like, you know, throw my hands up if I did good in a fight, and, and this one was, you know, it was a clear, clear victory. So, come the end of the season, I do my thing, I put all these fights in the statement, I go back to Swift Current, I'm sitting around one night with the boys, we're drinking, and I, we throw this video, and we're just like, it wasn't just mine, I used to put on, like, good fights with, with guys on the team, and nice goals, and stuff like that, we're sitting around, there's this fight, it's Pesiak, and, and uh, <clears throat> for whatever reason, word gets out that I'm showing this tape to everybody, and, and gloating about how, about this fight, and, and Pesiak gets, I think he's in Swift Current, for the weekend or for a wedding or something like that. And uh, either we were living there or we were down for a golf tournament. It just happened to coincide in Swift Current. So um, this one night we walk into this, we walk into the one bar in Swift Current that we always used to go to, and we're, we're walking in. And so I walk in the front door. All these We're all walking in together, these guys, and uh, walk in the front door. And right in the front door is Pizziak, and he's standing at the front door, and he's got a bunch of these buddies he's with, and... I think even his wife was there, and they're all chirping. They're all, like, he's in my face, and he's, you know, this and that and whatever. And I'm like, oh, you know, piss off and whatever. And So I start to walk by, and he strokes my buddy. <laughs> he doesn't hit me. He strokes my buddy behind me. Uh, either him or one of his buddies did. But this 
starts this big melee in the front entrance of this park. So we roll out into the parking lot, all of us, all his crew, all my crew, and we're we're in this parking lot. And so it's kind of this standoff, me and Pizziak in the middle, and uh, he had a couple of big boys, and I had a couple of big boys, and they kind of just, I didn't know this at the time, but they kind of just made, just kind of said, okay, well, we're going to let these guys do this, and we're going to stay out of this. So, so Pizziak and I end up fighting for like 15 minutes in this parking lot. <laughs> it felt like 15 minutes. And I think it was just because, you know, we had, he was at a wedding all day and I was golfing all day. So we, we had a few beers in us at this point. So I think, you know, after the 15 minutes we got up and we're like, everybody's like, okay, <laughs> you know, enough is enough already. Let's go. And I think they, they took off and we, <laughs> I just, we just ended up going back into the bar. And, uh, and so I remember, uh, I remember just thinking, like, you know, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> you know, I remember I was going to the Manitoba Moose Camp after this summer of training, and uh, you know, we came out of that scrap pretty unscathed everywhere, but I I had really hurt my shoulder in it, and uh, I remember going into I remember going to the Moose Camp and and uh, still this lingering shoulder injury, and, and I remember just I was bitter because I you know I got into this fight with him and and. Uh, you know, I I remember I was going into Moose Camp because me and a guy named Ryan Schmier, um, uh, I don't know, he I think he might have played down in the states and then went over to Europe for a while. Uh, yep. But he was a scrapper too. His brother was Jason Schmier. Spent some time in the NHL fight, and I think he was in Washington. And uh, but he he started out in Manitoba Moose and kind of moved on, you know, made his way up. And then so I was in there with his brother. We were basically fighting to, you know, to take the spot where where he was so i remember like in camp so we're fighting like almost every every uh every scrimmage because you know that's what you know they want to see who's gonna gonna and i remember so after every scrimmage i'm in the trainer's room and i'm icing my shoulder and everything and i'm like you know it's not really the way you want to start out <laughs> not even on the team yet and you're already in the training room and i, I remember just being in i made it to home opener uh, in Manitoba, and then uh, and I remember just getting after home over. They sent me back down to Augusta. I ended up going, and and so I remember just being. I just remember being bitter about that whole situation. Bitter, bitter at him. <clears throat> I, I just you know passed the blame on it was you know his fault that you know we we did this thing in the in the parking lot and screwed my opportunity to. But you know, in retrospect, <laughs> you know it, it, it's not. It, it was just a good old fashioned outdoor brawl. And uh, and then we end up. Um, funny thing is, we end up uh, meet, meeting him years later again. That was kind of the end of that. We never never bumped into each other again after that till the Quebec League. They he gets pulled in by one of our big rivals <laughs> in Laval. And uh, well, this story continues on, man. So we he we me and Danny we we find out he's he's called into the lineup. And we're like, holy shit, Peter's here. And, and and Dan must have played against him in the U-Haul or something because like, he had a hate on him for for him too. And I'm like, I'm telling him the the Swift Current story and and uh, you know how he jumped my buddy. And I'm making up. He's like, okay, he said, we're gonna we're gonna fucking get him, <laughs> you know. So we're we're skating around and Dan. So he's like, just just wait for me. He's like, so we're skating around, skating around the ice. And and he 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 was brought up just for one reason, like because because Laval was stacked and. And they needed some help, so he's skating around, and they're they're crossing the red line. And after the second lap, there was enough staring, and and they both throw their gloves off and start fighting. And so I remember, 
I remember Dan's Dan's fighting with him. Everybody's kind of in grabbing people, and uh, Dan drags him over the boards, and, and he's fighting over the boards, and I'm over behind him, and I'm like, just hold him there, down And I I'm taking my stick, and he's he's got Peter like bent over the boards with his back into the bench, and I got my stick, and his his jersey's up and everything, and I'm spearing him in the guts as hard as I can with my stick in front of their whole team, and nobody is doing a single thing, <laughs> and we're like, we are sending this guy back to wherever the fuck he came from. And uh, and so Dan is, Dan is beating him over the boards. I am spearing him, and everybody's just standing there in shock. Like nobody knows what to do. And then finally everybody, the whole of the teams come in and start grabbing everybody and uh, and broke that one up. And then, you know, he played there for a while. And the funny thing is we actually ended up, he ended up getting traded to our team later on. And then we were, well, Dan was gone, and I was still still out there. And he, and he was on my team. We never really had too much conversation about it. And we didn't see too much of them, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, there was some pretty crazy, crazy stuff <laughs> along the way that involved Pesiac break from the coast to the to the parking lots of Swift Current to the to to the Quebec League, uh, the the LNHA, <laughs> the the Pesiac trilogy. There you go. It was uh, yeah. well um, to go back. So. Uh, in 2000, 2001, you're actually you're back in the American Hockey League with Wooster and the Ice Cats. Yeah, well, I I um, got after after Louisiana. We lost to Peoria in the final. Yep. And um, that next year, uh, you know, I went looking for a you know place to play and uh, got in touch uh, with Jason Christie in Peoria, who was a coach. Um, and, uh, you know, he said, yeah, he'd like to have you. He, he said he was, you know, he, he, he could tell I was, I, I remember, I, I remember playing him in the finals. Like, uh, you know, I was out there playing hard he, he, and I was pretty disappointed we lost. He said, I could tell how much he wanted to win that. And he said, really that he said, that was a deciding factor of getting you over here. He says, you know, we, we want to use that on our squad. So he, he gave me a chance there and I came over to Peoria and, uh, they had a good, strong team. Obviously they just won the. Kelly Cup the year prior, and and um, and I started off the season. At, you know, I think I was fighting quite a bit there too. You know, just just doing the thing, and, and the fights in Peoria. I'd have to see the fight card to even remotely remember um, who they were. Uh, I think you know, actually maybe even have that one. But um, getting called back up to Worcester, I remember. Uh, I remember the kind of the, the breaking moment uh, because. Uh, Worcester, I know they had Chris Murray because he was with the Blues. Uh, he was yep. a tough guy with Kamloops and then made his way into the show and then was down in the minors. And then I, I also think they had Brandon Sugden there. Anyways, Murray had messed up his hands so bad he couldn't, he wasn't playing. And uh, I, I want to say Sugden might have, <laughs> he might have thrown a stick into this crowd or something. So he was out. Yeah, he and got banned so, by the East Coast League. Yeah. For throwing a yeah, stick in that's the crowd. right. So I mean, he was he was in a bit of hot water. So then I remember Christy telling me like they're coming down to watch this game. We were playing Dayton Bombers, and um, oh, I wish I could remember the fellow's name. Um, but he was there. They're a tough guy there, and he said basically like tonight's your night to you know get a chance. It's either going to be you or this other guy. He, he told me to call up, and I remember. Um, so I wish you could remember his game because he was an honest. He was an honest, tough guy. He wasn't really dirty or anything. He just uh, he he came out and uh, we had a good fight. And, and uh, you know, I think I I remember 
Oh, Derek, Derek Ernst? Ernst, yes, thank you, yeah, Derek yep. Ernst. And uh, it came out on top, and yeah, and then uh, I was up, I was sent up the next day, up to Worcester, so. And, um, yeah, I mean, I had, I remember, I remember thinking about that call-up, like, it was life again. Like, I had, you know, I had hope right from, right from the Fredericton year that I get an opportunity to come back up again, and, and then I finally got this chance, and, um, and Worcester was good, they had a good team, you know, I, uh, I remember, you know, there was clear expectations of me, and, um, I remember, I remember fighting, you know, fighting a lot, and I had, had a lot of good fights in in uh, Worcester. I, you know, I was in, um, oh, geez, I want to say Scott and Purrington yep. and uh, Thornton. I got in a fight with uh, yep. Sean Thornton. A, a couple of, you know, some guys that could hold their own for sure back then. <laughs> old, old Stone Cold Steve McLaren. Well, you know, I'll get to that. You know, <laughs> give me a give me a minute, but um, you know, I was. I was. I think uh, Danik Lassard. There was a, a couple, a couple of guys. Anyways, that had gone on to, to to do well. So I was I was doing all right. And this plane, in fact, I had more points when I got called up numerically than I didn't even have the coast. So I, I was even. I was even getting on the score sheet. And I remember, I remember Philly being in in uh, Worcester, and I got in a fight with a young defenseman there and did good. And um, fast forward a week, we we're back in Philly, and I'm out in the ice, and and I remember. You know, you know this is uh, this is probably to my detriment. In there, I didn't quite do my re- my research on who. I knew they had just Bolleris there, and they had a a Lassard on that team. Who? Oh, Francis. Um, yeah, Francis Lassard. That's who I was looking for. Another another oh, killer. Yeah, and they had a tough team, and they also had Steve McLaren, who I didn't know much about, and I remember. Uh, Remember him coming out to land right away, and he says, "We're going." And uh, and I figured maybe it was, you know, from from the game before because we hadn't even I hadn't even it might have been my first shift out there or what. So and um, I remember uh, we're squaring off, and I and I'm at this point I've been doing pretty well. So in my fight, so I'm I'm trying to I think well here maybe I'll I'll do some switching. And I remember watching the fight even. I remember switching from right to left. Which hand am I going to go on? See if I'm going to throw him off. Well. I probably should have concentrated on one hand and just figuring out what I was going to do. <laughs> and I remember, uh, I remember, well, I remember coming in and uh, you're kind of getting off balance. And I, I got my head down, and man, he smucked me a couple of times in the nose, man. I remember, uh, I remember thinking I was in. I remember, I was like, oh yeah, those are, those are going to cause some damage. And went through that fight, and yeah, you know, made it to the end, and. Went into the dressing room and I remember looking. I, I was walking in and I remember in Philadelphia they had this big, like, uh, full size body mirror, like on rollers or something in the room. <laughs> and uh, I remember walking in and I, I look at my face and I got a cut by my nose and it's like on the side of my cheek and I was just like, son of a bitch. So I remember the like the medical guys were coming down the like the, <laughs> the hallway into the room and I was looking at my nose and I was kind of had my hand on it and I was pushing and pushing. They're like, oh no, don't do that. And I'm like, and they're like, no, no, no. And then I just take and I push it as hard as I can and, like, push it back onto my face, and I'm gushing blood everywhere. These guys came in, and I got stitched up, and I was like, oh, shit, that, wasn't, that one didn't go so good. And, uh, well, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, soon after that, well, I was like, I was ready to go, but I think uh, Donnie Granado was our coach there, and he's like, well, fuck, Rez, we can't, you know, you're going to have to heal up a bit here. You can't, but I... 
pretty much that fight. I think that fight was the the beginning of my end in time in Worcester. I uh, I stayed up there. I think maybe played a few more games, and then I was back down on the East Coast. So, you know, I remember. I think if there was one I could take back out of all of them over the years, it would be that one. If I could do something different, that one fight. But I mean, uh, knowing it was him, you know, because I know I know his history and uh, and, and uh, you know he's a tough guy that, that 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 played a long time, that you know fought everybody under the sun and did good. But uh, again, I think back. I said if it could have just gone a little bit different, I might have got a little more time up there. But you know, in retrospect, you know, if you're going to get into a lot, you're going to take some. You're going to give some. Absolutely. And, uh, well, that one, I that one, I took a couple. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah so he did that to a few guys. So yeah, it, uh, but another guy that you fought while you were in Peoria, that of course went on and played in the minors for a long time, and is a tough dude. Um, and you actually fought him a couple times with Sagroya. Yeah, Scroyer. Yeah, you know, I say that I like I know him, but I don't. But I I follow uh, I follow him on social media, and he's good friends with another buddy of mine, Trevor Gillies. And so, um, I think back to when we fought him, and that was early on in the season in Peoria. And I remember the game, and and because we fought twice in the same game, and I didn't at that time I didn't know who he was or where he came from, but he was a tall, lanky guy too, and I think we had two pretty good tilts i'd love to see him again how they went but i remember and then i remember also in that game after the two tilts i i blew my right knee out and missed the next two months after that <laughs> so i remember it was the start uh and uh you know i remember getting a couple of good tillies with him and then so now you know over time here i've again going down the rabbit hole there's there's screwy fights online and uh and i uh, you know watch a couple uh uh, and uh, you know he he carved out a pretty good uh, uh, you know role career you know in his role for himself too and um, yeah like there's a there's a there's a lot of tough guys that came out of the east coast out of Vannins, Rat, yeah. Rat, or out of I think him and I used to fight every game and he was in Baton Rouge I think or New Orleans yeah Baton Rouge I think yep. And he was, uh, I think he was just at the beginning of his career there. I mean, he was just, he was a pure grappler, super big and strong. And, you know, once he had a grip on you, man, try to get your arm away from him. But, you know, then I was, you know, years later, you find him fighting in the NHL. Uh, I mean, uh, good on him. He, he hung in there and stuck with it and, and, and did there. And a lot of guys did, you know, and they, they came up. Like I said, the, the East Coast was a, a good breeding spot where you, where you could hone that craft and, and there was opportunity. You know, you know, and I had the opportunity too. So, uh, you know, I was thankful for that, and uh, you know, obviously, always hoped it'd been longer. But, um, you know, in retrospect, you know, I'm happy with for, for what I got. Oh, absolutely. Well, you bring up your your final run there in Augusta the next year, 102. Man, again, you and Willis hanging out again. You and T- Willis are yeah. there, uh, Galbraith, yeah. and then you got Trevor Gillies. That's when we, that's when I first met Gilly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here I'm gonna I gotta ask you because he's been doing an interview with my friend Joe Lazito over on his, and it's like five volumes. I mean, they're going on forever, um, and he's telling stories and stuff. How intense is that dude? Oh, he was just he was just uh, you know he was one of those guys that just brought energy to like everywhere he went. Like you know, if we're in the room. He was smiling and bopping around, and he's just like, he's intense. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to fighting, there's no guy that loves it more than him. Like he just, 
he he just you know embraced it <laughs> and uh but you know and saying that i mean he's just you know in physical play on the ice like he was all about that you know he would just he would just be out there to cause damage and havoc and uh you know take on anybody that looks sideways and uh and uh you know i love gilly he was uh he was um he just—he was kind of like uh, the old bull, young bull. Like <laughs> he just was just full of energy, and and uh, you know, uh, you know. I remember we played before he came over to Augusta. He was in Mississippi, I think, and uh, him and I bumped into a, a few ch- each other on the ice because I remember. But we never actually ended up getting into one, and and uh, you know, not to say that we wouldn't have liked each other anyways, because you know, I like like a lot of guys that I got in fights with, but. Um, you know, we never got into one, but we, you know, we took a liking to one of each other right away there in in Augusta. You know, we were doing the same thing every night. <laughs> we were talking about the same stuff. You know, but he he was just he was at a different level. You know, and you know, I I, I got traded out of there. You know, I, I I was one of those places where I was trying to kind of keep going back. I enjoyed Augusta, and if I could have, you know, found a found something to do in there, I might have ended up staying. But you know, I kept getting traded out of there <laughs> but uh it was uh you know we had a good good start to that season we had a tough team again and it was fun playing you know back with with willis again and him and i were in worcester and i got called up to worcester there willis somehow got called up so i remember he got called up to worcester i was in a in with a roommate i didn't know and he got put in a roommate and he's like uh we did, he just came over he's like he told my roommate he's like yeah you're going with that guy <laughs> he just moved into my room and so we were just hanging out again together, and so we were. We found each other in Augusta. We found each other in Worcester, and and uh, we were in Swift Current. So you know, him and I kind of followed each other's career around, uh, along with a couple of guys like you know I played with Cope all over the place, Copac and and Patterson, and he was actually Patterson was up in Worcester with us for a while too, um, uh, and uh, Thompson, yeah. So you know it's such a small community, you know. You end up crossing paths with so many guys over the years in different leagues, and and uh, you know it's, it made it a lot of fun. You know, going going to different. I, I enjoyed, you know, going to different cities and and playing with different guys. And you know, I, I got so many so many good memories, so many good friends I met over the years. And uh, you know, if I, I could only remember half the stories at this point, I'd I'd uh, I could write a book. So oh, absolutely. Well. Okay, the, now here we go. The following year, <laughs> you end up in Laval. Um, how did you end up in the Quebec, in the Quebec League? Well, you know, uh, I'll I'll give it to Bob Berger, who was the owner of the Chiefs at the time. He was persistent. Um, uh, I don't know how he, you know, he found me, <laughs> but he was calling. He was calling. Not a lot, but he was calling, uh, you know, every season, just asking. He'd find a way to get a hold of me, and, and he'd say, how's it going down there? And I'm like, well, you know, who is this, and what's going on? He's like, well, you know, I'm so-and-so, and I, you know, I, we have this league up here, and I want you to come play with me. Are you, you know, are you happy down there? Or, you know, what are you, you know? And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm, so, you know, you do some research and ask around, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, like I, I, I remember telling him, I am never coming to that league <laughs> i remember telling him that i'll never come there so you know thanks for asking and all that and and um you know and then, and then the next year would come and wherever i was he'd somehow find me in the summer or, 
or if it wasn't during the season, it'd be, you know, he said, what are you, what's your plans this year? And I'm like, man, like, <laughs> you know, but persistent. And so I remember coming out of my last year in the coast in Mobile and I started trying to think, you know, what, where this was going. I, I wasn't getting, you know, wasn't getting an opportunity uh, to go up anymore. And uh, I thought, you know, I was thinking to myself, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to Europe. And I, I think I remember uh, trying to negotiate, or I had a, I had an opportunity to go over to Nottingham and like England for, you know, just I was going to go over there and travel and play a season and just, you know, see what it was all about. And uh, and then again, yeah, here's the Laval Chiefs calling me again, and I remember him just saying to me like. Okay, you know what? You know what are they going to give you over there? Like, what's your what kind of contract are they going to give you? And I'm like, he's like, um, I was like, well, you know, it's pretty good. <laughs> you know, it really wasn't, and this and that. And he's like, well, he says, he says, listen, make up a contract and send it to me. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, at this time, and uh, you know, I remember at this time I was in Regina. Uh, I think in the summers I had met my uh, my girlfriend at the time, who was now my wife. And I was starting to think to myself, well, should I go to Europe? You know, and I was thinking about, at this time, they started to offer, with, which is what my career now, they were offering a program with, uh, with the PHPA for, uh, for fire school, and it was, it was a new thing. So I started to think about this now. So anyways, Bob's like, says this. So I, I sit down and I write out <laughs> a contract on a piece of paper and a pen. And... Um, you know, I'm asking for everything I think is this great contract, right? Well, so I fax it over to him, and he's like, yep, no problem. Uh, it's done. You, you come here, play for us, and, and this you can have all this. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you know, I was like, so, I'm like, well, what are the odds I get all this or whatever? And when I say all this, I don't, you know, it's nothing crazy, but it was, you know, it was decent money for, for playing in NADA at that time, which I thought was a recognized professional league, and, you know, and so I was like, ah, you know, screw it. I'll go over there and, uh, you know, check out this fire school thing that I was going to do. And, uh, and I get over there and, uh, you know, meet everybody. Uh, you know, they, they set me up with just, you know, how I had asked and came through with everything I asked. And um, and then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm into this. And I remember I remember talking to Dan and, and saying, like, you know, get down here, talk to these guys. And I'm pretty sure they would have got a hold of him, too, uh, in the meantime. Like, they called everybody. Anybody that it, they just, I think he used to just scroll the penalty minutes on online on, on teams' rosters and try to find out where these kids lived and track them down. Like, so, you know, and I guess I wasn't, a, you know, I wasn't a, that young of a kid at that time. But, you know, that's where he'd find, find guys. So, and uh, so we ended up <laughs> both in Laval that year, just like that. We, I made the move out there and, and, uh, we both room, roommate in Laval that season, and um, did you live in the rink? I didn't live in the rink. Yeah, yeah, no. It's uh, I actually asked for a place. He told me I could live in the rink, and I said no chance, no chance of my coming to live in the rink. Although I spent most of my time at the rink because <laughs> all all my buddies that lived in the rink, they were that's where everybody went to to drink beers and hang out. You know, you just go after. You know, and it was, uh, you know, it was a different atmosphere than, than pro hockey. Like, we practiced once a week, and the guys that lived in Laval could go on the ice every day, but we had one team practice every week, and you played two games on the weekend, and it was, a, it was like a pretty relaxed schedule. Well, I, ha- I had Marco Cefalo on the show. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he said, and I texted him, I said, you were coming on, 
And, uh, and he said, well, he used to hang out with Chad Richard because Richard lived in the rink. And he said, every good night started and ended at the rink. Yeah, no, he wasn't kidding. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, but Mike Pajerny, Chad Richard, and, uh, uh, Holland, uh, when he was there with us, I think they're all living at the rink. So, I mean, it was just, it just uh, it was it, just the fact that it was just funny. We were all hanging out in the you know in the rink and and this and they had this this setup. I mean, if you, if you talk to a few guys, you know there was these weird rooms. You just each had a door. <laughs> There'd be a mattress for a guy to sleep on, and it was it was just the craziness. And I remember thinking to myself like, like I can't believe there's guys doing this. <laughs> like this is these are all grown adults at this point. You know, and we're all they're just. We're just doing this for shits and giggles. I mean, and and they, you know, they put down, you know, if we had a, you know, basement suite with at a, at a house and stuff. But again, I spent, I spent, you know, most beginning and ends of nights at that place, and yeah, I got a lot of good times with the with the boys there. Well, and for the folks listening, I'll just throw out the names that are on this team, and I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, you know, Matthew Rabby, Mike DeGurse, Mario Jolly. Uh, Dan Kopeck, Craig Martin, Mike Bajerni, Jason Renard, Chad Richard, Patrick Cote, Louis yeah. Bedard, Marco Cefalo. <laughs> like yeah. that's on one. Like that's ridiculous. Like, no, I mean it. 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 It, it was by far. Uh, well, by far. I don't even. Know. It was. It was like basically a team of tough guys. You know, and you added a. You added a super highly skilled first line line yeah. of guys, and then the. And then there was just this ultimately tough team, and um, I remember him telling me, and, I, and this is what I kind of thought was I didn't like I knew of like I knew Rabbi, him and I had tangled down on the coast, and and a, and a couple of the names I recognized, and uh, but I, I I thought he's like like I'm thinking oh. like I remember him telling me he's like Jesse, you always tried to you're not going to have to fight all the time, and I'm like yeah right yeah right you know, but then <laughs> then I get there. And like I'm not even like sixth on the depth chart. Like you know, I'm I'm playing more than I ever played, and 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 just you just got to step in and do your turn. Like you know, once or twice here and there. There were so many guys. Like you know, and I think that that team is what basically turned that league into the league it turned into. Yeah. Where every team had you know, I remember every team would every four lines on the bench, two lines would be you know meet. And two lines would be, you know, these these ex pro high skilled guys, and that would be the game. And you know, and then there's a some there's a some in between guys too. Like you know, there was guys that played that could fight too, and uh, and then there were some guys that I mean, in the first year I played, uh, there was a couple guys they literally would only let onto the ice when the face off was right by their bench, just so if they didn't get into a fight, they could get off the ice quick, and you know, <laughs> not be not be uh, you know detrimental to the to the game i mean the things i the things i saw there it's you know i just i could shake my head out like i, I it was it made slap shot look like a joke like it was uh you know bench clearing brawls and and uh well you know the yeah like that's I, a, I mean i don't even know where to start but well like, that's the one thing i wanted to ask um there has been stories and uh like of owners coming into the into the dressing room at during in the intermission and like basically throwing money on the table and saying, you got to start a line brawl next period or bench clearing and guys would go do it. I know in Sorrell, they got paid. I can't remember what Mayrad said, but yeah, they got paid to go start a brawl 
And like, well, you know, I know, I know, some guys got paid by the fight. Yes, because uh, we were allowed. I think you were allowed two there, and we were kicked out. Yep. So a lot of guys would just, you know, they come into their game, whatever they're getting paid. If they get their two fights in, whoever it had to be, it didn't matter. They would just go out and, and, and challenge everybody until they got them. And, um, you know, I had heard about the money on the table thing. I, I don't remember it really happening in Laval while I was there. But, I mean, you didn't have to. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you know, uh, our owner there, he was pretty fiery. And if he didn't like how things were going, we, you, you know, it was um, you'd, you'd hear about it, and same with the coach, too. So guys would be like, you know, okay, well, let's go get this going, and, and you know, you had, you know, there was there was backup galore in, in that first year. You know, everybody, everybody, uh, all those names you mentioned all played a part in it. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, some more than others. Uh, like I said, some some played a you know a, you know a role and. Uh, you know, fighting and, and that too, and some guys just fought. And that was their thing, and then they were happy with that. <laughs> and and um, well, one you know, guy stuff to match. Well, one guy I've got to ask you about, and of course he's the he's very infamous, obviously. And I've talked and guys that I've had on this show um, have said he's the meanest guy they've ever played against. And uh, Patrick Cote. Yeah, Pat Cote. Yeah, what a. I mean, uh, I knew about Pat Cote when he was fighting in the NHL um, before before I was even in the minors, like in his in his Nashville days. So I remember I remember like Fight Mag. They used to have like hockey. There was a magazine that would come with have the top ten fighters. I don't know if it was yep. hockey news that would do a do a like a expose on it, or if it was a tough guy just, tough guys magazine. magazine. It would come out once yeah, a year. Yeah, maybe it was. That was. Yep. And I remember they do the the top ten of the year or whatever, and they'd always rank them and stuff. So I'd always be reading about them and and stuff like that. And then, um, so you know, fast forward, and I'll go back to my Freddie year. <laughs> I remember being in Hamilton this one night. Um, I'm on the bike in the hallway. Uh, this is prior to the game, and of course, again, this is. I'm already starting to think about. They got The Rock, Bombi, and Latron on a line, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, you know, how this is going to go tonight. And uh, I'm riding the bike, and I remember, I remember seeing, like, I remember seeing what was Pat. He comes in, and, and, and this guy's like, he is just jacked. Like he's in a skin tight t-shirt, jacked, and he's just got this evil look on his face. And he walks right through our whole team. Uh, from the from the door and, the, and I remember just seeing him like holy shit that is Cote and uh, I wondered if he's playing and I've, I've seen him like oh my god like gonna get any worse down here like this is gonna be like a massacre out here and we're gonna be brawling for sure and then so I remember thinking and I'm talking with uh, the boys and I remember I said that was that's Cote they go they sent him down because he was with uh, the oil at the time I think and they. Yeah, he ended up down in Hamilton. Yep. And um, and uh, I don't, you know, I don't know the circumstances if it was just like conditioning or if that was, you know, where they sent him or or whatnot. All I knew is he was there, and uh, we actually ever never did get to play against him, but he came in the rink that day, and I recognized him. And then, uh, you know, he didn't play that game. And um, fast forward, you know, several years, and I remember sitting on on the steps with that owner I mentioned about Laval. And 
I'm sitting there, and we're talking. Just him and I on the on the call, like in front of the Coliseum in Laval there, and and uh, and this guy comes up and he introduces to me. It's this Patrick Cote, and I, you know, I, I think he had been on a hockey for a bit and stuff, and and I didn't recognize him right away. I, I, I instantly flashed back to Hamilton <laughs> when I saw him the last time, and uh, just remembering how like he was just he just he was imposing everything like a big guy, and he just you know. He was, uh, he looked mean and he looked at, and then, you know, he started to play for him. That was his aura. Like he was huge on the ice and always looked, uh, always looked mean. Like, you know, he was mad all the time, <laughs> but he wasn't that way. Uh, you know, he was a, he was a good teammate and, uh, you know, he, he was, you know, we got along with him and stuff like that. But, but I mean, when you're playing against him, uh, you know, there's no way he didn't intimidate anybody, uh, everybody that he played against. Uh, he was just, that was an aura about him. And, and, you know, he could he could back it up. He could chuck him. I saw some epic battles with him. Well, him and, him and him and Link, yeah. Him and Gates would just, you know, I talked about uh, Flemmer and Smipes punching each other in the face. Uh, you know, him and Gates would be right up there for sure. Like they they would just their heads would snap back, and uh, I mean, and that was their fights. Like there was no protection, and, and you know, he I remember, you know, and uh, like. I was thinking another good fight that I remember Pat being in that really stood out uh, was one with with Varhog and Varhog was a was a big uh, big scrapper to huge reach and I remember them I remember Pat like knocked him out cold like in this fight it was it was ugly he buckled his knee and missed months after that and and I was just like you know he he threw to hurt <laughs> when he threw punches so I mean uh, I was happy to have him on our team. You know, and uh, and again, there was lots of guys there. Like you know, Fat probably played more than he than he ever did before as well. While we were in Laval, like a lot of guys, just because there were so many around to share the wealth, so to speak. So, no, well, absolutely, and uh, well, and another guy that you fought numerous times in that league, and of course, everybody knows who it is, big name, and was Joel Terrio. Yeah, Terrio. Uh, Joel, yeah, well, he's, you know, he, he, years after I was gone, like, he, I mean, he played for years and years after, and, and, uh, he seemed to just, uh, his, uh, his, well, you know, the, his, his name and everything, I just remember hearing more and more about, and, and he, you know, I remember we, we bumped into him, he was down on the East Coast for a short while, I think, yep. in Mobile, yep. and that's where I first ran into him, and, uh, and, um, you know, he is already just at the start of doing that role. That would have been a, a young Joel Terrio. And um, I can't remember. Like, Dan and I would have been playing together. I, I, I never, I don't think I fought him down there, but Dan might have. But I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that. But, uh, you know, until we got up into the Quebec League, that's where we saw him again. And I, and I think even at the start, you know, he was on Verdun. That was, well, like, our arch rival. And he... he at first, when that like we had that big tough team, like the rest of the teams weren't really prepared for that. He, he might have had a couple guys backing him up there, but I don't I don't know if he had a ton of of backup back then. I'd have to look at those rosters. Maybe there was, and I just didn't know it. But um, you know, him and I got into a, a few tilts, and I remember I remember um, I remember at least one of them when we were, when we were playing. They had a they had us play in the Molson Center, and uh, there was a huge crowd, and I remember. I remember him coming up to me and saying, "We got to put on a show, Res. 
it's you know this is what this is all about and i remember I'm like yeah no i figured as much so um I, I, there's a couple of fights online a couple different angles and they weren't as good as i would have i remember i think you know he he was a quite an open fighter and i, I watched a bunch of his fights you know there's there's only hundreds of them online but um, yeah, he's a, he was a big open fighter, and I think of our fights, we we didn't really ever get, really get going too much, and um, but but yeah, you know, I liked how he went about business. You know, he 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 was out there, you know, doing his role, what he was supposed to do for that team, and I didn't feel there was there were some guys in that league that were were dirty when they played, and and uh, you know, not really well respected, and then you know, I didn't look at him that way, so. Uh, you know, and you know, man, like he he fought every he fought everybody <laughs> too. So, and a lot of I look back now and follow that league, and and uh, you know I think about that first team we had that was tough, and I've seen a few picks of teams later where they put together. Um, they, you know, they. I'm trying to think of. There's one good pitcher where it has like Bossy and Cote and yeah, or Garrett like, Burnett and Burnett, yeah, yeah. I, I think of that and that list of guys, and you know, I recognize every name from from you know. Being down in the minors and uh, and uh, being you know tough guys and heavies on their teams and I was saying well holy shit they I mean they they didn't stop there that they kept bringing them in after I was well gone <laughs> so oh yeah and a lot of those a lot of those guys became even better stronger fighters years later like um you know like uh, I, I think of the guys that we, I would have scrapped with starting out a lot of those guys stayed in that league well after me and. We're still fighting, and I've seen you know footage of different guys fighting, and a lot of guys came a long way. Well, Mayrad came a long way, and, and uh, Jacques Dubay. I mean, he, uh, you know, well, yeah. I mean, you fought yeah, Jacques. Well, I, yeah, I was thinking more. I remember, I remember fighting uh, Dean early on, and uh, he he was in St. John, so we yep. had a couple of we had two, three good fights, and. Uh, and I remember, you know, I, I remember those ones more just because you know, we were kind of the same stature, tall and lanky and and liked, liked to throw. And uh, so we had some good fights. I remember Dubay, when he started off, man, he, he could barely move out there. And, well, he'd uh, be one of those guys, like you said, they'd have him on the face-off by their bench, right? Yeah, well, that yeah, that's exactly how he was. And, uh, and I remember, but he used to come out and, yeah, bug, yeah, bug me to fight and... <laughs> And I was just like, you know, I. Uh, it was it was tough to go out the ice anytime and not get uh, get challenged by somebody. I mean, uh, I know, um, I know. Uh, there's a fight online there where um, there's a little bit of a story behind it. Not too many people know about it, but um, uh, he. he uh, I gotta think. It was. I think it's St. John. Um, he's an Alberta guy, and um, Brad Lambert. Yeah, Lambert. That's the one. I'm well, I've uh, the videos. Uh, you headbutt the shit out of him. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. Yeah, I have to say, I have to say that that fight was probably the angriest fight I've ever, I've, I've probably ever been in. And I remember because I had just come back, I had uh, broken my hand quite badly fighting. Uh, I think it was. Some, uh, it was a, he was a young kid then, but he was a good fighter. Simone Robida, uh, I think I'm saying his name. Yeah, in Sherbrooke. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so we got into a fight, and I had 
busted my hand really badly in it and uh you know i was out eight weeks or whatever and had a pin in it and whatnot and then i, I had just come back so i was we were in this game and he comes out right up to me and he's asked me to fight i'm like you know what i said you know we had plenty of guys on the bench i said just i'm, I'm taking i'm not fighting tonight i'm just trying to get everything back get my wheels under me and uh i was under the impression that we he had agreed with me <laughs> you know he's like okay no you know no problem or whatever and then uh if you i remembered like going forward to that footage there was something else going on the ice there was either a fight going on or it was kind of the start of a yep. little bit of line brawl and he came flying in threw off his gloves and grabbed me and it just i i just saw red i remember just being so pissed and uh so we, we fought for a little while, and I just I just didn't have satisfaction yet that I had <laughs> I had hurt him, and I remember thinking to myself like I, I'm just gonna headbutt the fucking shit out of you. I don't care what happens, and uh, not the yeah I, I think as a fighter probably not the proudest moment, but it uh, I, I just remember I would just remember being so mad, uh, you know I would have uh, I don't know what I would have done. If I could have, but yeah, I would have, I would have headbutted him as long as the refs wouldn't have gra- <laughs> grabbed this even on the ground. I would have kept doing it. But uh, yeah, that was a that was fucking a crazy scenario, actually. Now, like again, you're reading my notes because I had that starred that fight with Lambert. Because again, folks, YouTube Fourth Line Voice that fights on my channel, so you can see that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, and you can yeah, just well, 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 yeah, uh, I got a few buddies around here. I try to explain it to them. <laughs> they can't they can't picture. You know, but, uh, you know, I said, yeah, I was angry. <laughs> well, but, yeah, you know, you I, know but, uh, you know, because I, you know, I talk about, I've always, I've always thought, I, I always had a respect for the guys that, you know, were good out in good, clean fights, and when it was done, it was done, didn't, you know, uh, but uh, I didn't, def- I definitely didn't uh, go that route on that one, but, uh, you know. Well, one of the, fight, one, one of the names that comes up in that league a lot, and, uh, um, that that you know people had issues with fighting, um, and I know I think I be, yeah you did fight him it was Brandon Christian. Brandon Christian, yeah. I, and why did he as as considered a, a dirty fighter? Or yeah, yeah. I, well, he's just a big dude, and like yeah, it was dirty, and yeah. Yeah. I, well, again, I, I mean, I don't know how the fight went. I, I, you know, usually, you know, some stick out in my head. You know, usually. You know, if they went well or if I took a couple, I'll remember them. And so I can't remember the one with him where it would have taken place. But um, I do recognize his name because, again, I get into the the Quebec League rabbit hole when I get looking at fights and they just go to the next, the next, the next. And I've seen him, you know, I've seen some of his fights, but I, I couldn't tell you much about him. And, uh, and, and, and I, I honestly can't even remember how ours went. But um, Well, they're, well, that's all right. But... Um... One one of your teammates that uh, I've had on the show, great guy. Um, he played. Uh, it was your second year in Laval, um, and he was a, <laughs> unbelievable. How tough he was! He was a twenty year old. It was Curtis Swanson. Oh yeah, Swanee. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Swanee with the hair. Yep. Yeah, cowboy. Yeah, the cowboy. Yeah, yeah. He. Uh, well, you know. That was he loved that role. That was he's another one of those guys that just you know embraced that role, and I think he improved a ton from from start to finish in in fighting. And I again I I feel like he he, he had a lot more and and did real well after my time there. But um, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't believe a twenty-year-old would play in that league. You know, well, and, and fight everybody like just insane. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know he, he would he wouldn't have come if that wasn't you know yeah that's the thing he just uh, that's what he he must have just he embellished that role and uh, and uh, you know we, we knew what, I, I know for sure like you know somebody wasn't looking and worried about ice time <laughs> you know he was worried about going out there and getting better and fighting and, and doing well and and so uh, and. You know, I remember. I just remember the hair all down there, and he, he would get flying around all over the place. No, well, absolutely. Well, and like I said, the the final year there when you played the preseason, and then the one game, and then uh, and then you were off to firefighting. But uh, yeah, that was the year he played. I, he had seventy fights that year. Yeah, that's that's insane. I I know. I've like prior to this uh, conversa- conversation, I remember. Uh, guys talking about that just in conversation about like there's this guy that had 70 fights like just in open conversation somewhere with pals like they've they've seen online or they watched and they they heard somebody talking about it or whatever so it had traveled across i mean that's got to be some sort of record well it wasn't though he didn't even lead the league in fights that year <laughs> Derek oh, he did it? no Derek parker did he had like 75 and then like a few years later mcmorrow showed up and broke it with 87 or something oh really yeah yeah like uh these some of the yeah i remember parker just getting there when i was leaving I yeah think. He, he did that. that yeah, State that was State. the year you left. He showed up and like had 500 minutes and just. I mean, I think Patrick Coke wanted to literally cut his head off. He wanted to kill Parker. I think the whole league wanted to kill Parker. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah I remember him being yeah wanted like guys wanting a piece all the time. Yeah. I I mean I, again you know I just wasn't involved enough with him that I I would know personally. I didn't get in a fight with him or had him you know run me or anything so you know until you get a bunch of that you know but if pat played a whole season with him i can i can see oh yeah oh he went after him if you went after him in street clothes yeah um well swanson oh yeah, I, oh, yeah he did yeah it's online what well, look at the brawl yeah parker oh. comes parker's already kicked out but he comes back on the ice in his underwear and then and cote's not playing and he charges over the oh it's a big scene you had, i'll send you the link to the video it's hilarious but yeah uh, that'd be great well that's one thing about the league if you're if you weren't seeing enough enough fights on ice you didn't have to look far to take a breather at a face-off and look up in the stands well did you ever go into the stands well i remember in my first season uh you know this is it was one of the craziest stories again i mean i've just got here i still don't know quite what to expect um and um this is not too far into the season i think we're out in st george and uh, we're sitting on the bench, and it was kind of a weird setup. Uh, like the bench opened up to the, kind of opened up to the stands to the right. Like the bench just kind of joined <laughs> into the crowd, right? So of course we're in the, the other team's barn, and uh, we're I'm kind of in the middle of the bench, and I remember all of a sudden there's this ruckus going on the left side, and you can see some beer flying and, and people up. And then I look over, and and Mike Mike Henderson, guy played on the team at the time, who was who was a good player, but also pretty tough. He was out. He was in the stands, like chasing around guys and like grabbing them and and, and fighting them. And, and he'd punch a few guys and he'd run and punch another guy. And there'd be guys coming at him and he'd fight with him. And there was one other guy too. And I'm pretty sure he got like 35 games for it or something. Like, but I I just I just couldn't believe what I was 
what I was seeing. Like he, he was running around in his wheels on concrete and, and just brawling and there's people chucking beer in his face and, and he's throwing punches and it was just crazy. And I, I, you know, I can't remember. This is another guy who was on that team at the time. Uh, I remember him. He was, he's a minor league guy, but he was sitting in the penalty box. At one point, I think there were so many guys in the penalty box that we were all standing. Like there was like three guys standing on the bench, not sitting. And then the rest of the guys were standing in the, you know, on the bottom part. And we're looking over, over the glass and I'm standing up and he, he looks, he's yelling over res. He's like, what the do we get into? <laughs> I'm like I don't know, man. He's like, but this is this is unreal. Like, and, and that was a game that Henderson got kicked out, and 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 that was on the road. I, I mean, this like there was a there could have been a fight a night in Laval. Like, I mean, the fans there, were, they were just house of pain. Yeah, house of pain. They dropped that sign. There'd be a fight. They'd lower a banner down to the middle of the rink with fake blood on it, and written in red and house of pain and and uh the guy we always we had this the, the fellow with the belt <laughs> yeah for, for the, the the championship belt he made for everybody i mean it's just i remember walking into the rink there like and you know just starting and, and then people would be tapping me on the shoulder saying good luck against so-and-so tonight good luck against you know and i'm like i'm like what the how do they know like they're telling you all the same guy and you don't you know you find out later that they promote these fights like oh yeah in, in, in between these com- communities between you know they put them in the local pair go to laval to see you know rosanzoff ontario or Kopec and so or you know cote and 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 then you know that's what bring in the, they just had it down to a science age bringing in the people but you know none of these guys none of us knew what was you know, you know we we're getting you know we we're already Oh, see, yeah, see that's the thing. You're, you're missing out. You had to be online, man. Yeah, all the, <laughs> oh, I know. the message too, yeah. boards, yeah. The forum. Oh, yeah, because we were on there reading it, and I had, I had a couple guys down there in Quebec. They'd, like, translate it, and this is what's going on. And you'd be like, okay, well, like, send me an email when the game's done. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So late that night, they'd send you an email. Oh, you should have seen it. And, of course, it'd be a mile long of all the fights and everything, and you just hope the video surfaced at some point. And it was just... uh Yo, and then the one owner would be mad because he didn't put on a good enough show at home, so or oh, at their no, rink. So was... then the next rink, he wouldn't dress half his guys because he was mad at that owner. And oh yeah, yeah, you know that. Now that you, that's funny. You bring that up. That's right. Like owners would be mad if they wouldn't, if their guys, you know, because some guys would go in and they they wouldn't fight. Like they, you know, but I mean, I, I for whatever reason, injured or. Or they just wouldn't get played or whatnot. But yeah, that would that was a that was a no no in that league. <laughs> you didn't you didn't come into another team's rink and not put on a good show because you know you got to guarantee they're going to get a full crowd next game. That's the way it looked. I mean, I mean that I remember that that whole that whole scenario. I mean, when you when you come up fighting, you you know scrapping your whole career and all those guys that have done it, you know down in the minors and you know you're doing it to protect guys or you're doing it to change the game or whatever you know and then it's completely different there (laughs) oh yeah no yeah it's all about yeah entertainment value and you know and for guys that was earning their money and uh and uh i mean i mean i've never seen a rink that that was you know packed overflowing the glass for warm-up because there was always a potential for a brawl on warm-up like i i remember you know one of the five we had where you know we all we're all out there skating around the ice and and everybody's given each other the stink eye and the next you know one guy's going and then that's that's game on five guys are 
their gloves are off, and we're fighting on the ice, all over the ice, you know, the whole ice taking no, no refs out there, nothing. <laughs> you know, there's just the players. They let it go on, you know, it would go on for however long it went on. Finally, the players would just get tired of it because you'd have to go, go on the crowds going crazy. It's probably the best part of the game to them. And then, uh, you know, we go off the ice, they'd flood, and then who starts the game? The five guys who were fighting each other on the ice. So yeah. the first hour of every game took an hour, or the first, you know, five minutes of every game took an hour and a half because, you know, you, you know, nobody would fight at the same time because the other guy would get kicked out. So everybody would time it, and one guy would fight, and then they'd go to the box, and the next group would fight, and they'd do that five times, <laughs> and then the game would start. And it, was <clears> just a, it was a circus. It was, it was something, unless you were there to see it. <laughs> You well, that's, it it's funny because, like, on this show, I've <clears throat> I've talked about it before, and it's uh, <clears throat> you think about it. I mean, it was 15 years ago, <clears throat> and you read back and you or you hear your stories, and I've had guys on, or you know, I've had fellow fans on talking about it, and I said to try to describe it to like a to a new age fan or to like a 17 or 18 year old now, I mean, they just look at you like you're talking about Thunderdome, and it sounds like. It is so far removed from what hockey is. Like, it just seems like a different world. Well, it was a different world. And it just just how the league was run and, you know, just yeah. teams having eight, nine guys. And, and like you said, owners being mad that they're not fighting and other guys getting paid per fight. And, I mean, it's insane. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it really, if, yeah, you want to talk about, yeah, I wish if you could, they could just have, like, an awesome footage of, of every game and just put a mashup of all the craziest <laughs> you would have like you know you know a hundred hours of, <laughs> of footage of just things that you'd never thought would happen on ice they would they would think it would, you know hockey wasn't even involved <laughs> oh yeah like i like i can remember talking like telling just friends that you know they're hockey fans but i mean they don't know anything about the quebec league or stuff but i'd show them some footage and i'd start telling them stories and they're just looking at you like what is this? Like, this is, they can't believe it. And they've listened to some interviews and it's just like, holy shit. Like that went on. And then of course, then you play in the chiefs documentary and it's like, Oh my God, you know, like what is this yeah. league? You know? I mean, I wish they would have did the chiefs documentary the next season. Oh with yeah. Art, with art. They should have did two, like around two, because it was, it, they amped up the craziness, you know, on ice craziness anyways. I mean, <laughs> that's for sure. You know, they didn't, I don't know if they did that, uh, off ice MMA fighting again and stuff at the boxing and whatnot. Oh but, yeah, they did that every year. Yeah, <laughs> they. Uh, I know. I know the on on ice antics were just outrageous the next year with that crew, and uh, and and yeah, I know. Just like you said, the owners wanted it. That's why they had all those guys there. And so, you know, you you, you heard about it. You heard about it if you didn't have it, if you had a game like because literally that first year there was teams that had maybe one guy. You know, one or two guys, and 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 like I could only imagine how they were feeling playing the Chiefs, right? So, I mean, they couldn't do much entertaining at all. <laughs> like that guy's two fights were gone like that, and then they had nobody. Yeah, and everybody could play, and, they, and you know, like they didn't even want that. Like they they would have rather have lost ten nothing, but had you know fifteen fights in it. <laughs> it didn't. You know, that's what that was. What the important thing was. Well, the uh, the important thing is, is you survived it anyway. And uh, yeah, it, it is a story. You know, I, my kids will never understand it. You know, <laughs> no, they, they see the odd. I've, I've shown them the odd fight clip and stuff like that, and I got a few pictures here and there left over. But 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'll send you the DVDs. You can really show them then. I'll sh- send you the team from the season. You could, they can get a real yeah. taste of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'd love to see all that. Yeah, I mean, again, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I had a lot of footage at one time, and uh, we had a little house fire and uh, a loss of paper clippings and and a bunch of fights and a lot of memorabilia that I collected over the years is kind of disappointing. So, kind of this stuff coming up, yeah, jogs a lot of memories and. Uh, and uh, and if, yeah, if there's anything laying around that uh, you know footage and whatnot, um, it's kind of come up just recently within the last month. I got you going to send me some stuff, and uh, another fellow that uh, I've been talking with who uh, who has a lot of footage and stuff. He's going to send me some uh, DVD, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing what what's there because I don't you know there's not too much other than what's online. And and the funny thing online there used to be even. Uh, you know, a few years ago, there was even there was some more stuff, but for whatever reason, um, you know, the people that put it on their accounts get closed or whatnot, and, yeah. and it's gone. I don't know where it is <clears> because I. Well, we'll uh, we'll definitely try to track it down. And for you folks listening out there, you got some Rosanzov stuff. Uh, get a hold of me, and we'll uh, we'll we'll make sure we can get it to you anyway. But uh, well, after you kind of wrap up uh, in Laval, I know you started the season and. Well, you played in the preseason. I think you got in about six fights in the preseason. Then you got into one in the first game, and then that was yeah, it. Broke my, broke my hand in that game. Uh, the exact same bad fracture on my opposite hand. <laughs> I remember it's a funny thing because I still have the scars on both hands. And um, same doctor put it together. <laughs> he did better on one than the other. One finger's a little funny looking still. But, um, yeah, and then... Uh, Shortly after that, I had to, uh, you know, uh, you know, I was healing up, but in the same time, I was going through the process out here in Edmonton for, for the fire department, and um, and um, ended up getting hired on, and that was that was the end of it. I, I played my one pre- uh, regular season game, and I even had a goal in it. I was on yep. pace for seventy-two goals. Yeah, they they lost a the true scorer minutes. that year. <laughs> yeah, could have had five hundred minutes and seventy-two goals. But yeah, it was one game, and and that was it. My my fourth season didn't come to fruition. But uh, I mean, to be able to tell stories, and you know, I uh, you know every now and then uh, chat with somebody online, and we get talking about some of the old stuff, and uh, it brings back uh, you know some 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 crazy memories. And you know, it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't uh, you weren't playing there to to move up anymore, but you know. I still loved playing the game there, and it was a lot of fun. And and again, just another team full of good guys, and uh, and I had a good, a lot of good stories. Well, well, I got to ask you one thing: Did you get all your money from them? I got every nickel ever owed to me. From there them. you go. That's 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 more than most could say. But uh, yeah, well, they were they were good to me. I, I could never say a bad thing about about that. So yeah, um, excellent. Yeah, no. Well, it's great to hear that you're uh, you're in Edmonton now, and you're the fire, firefighter. And uh, geez, there's a bunch of you guys out there, Mohagan, and uh, um, yeah, that's right. Well, he's here too. Yeah, I, I talked to a bunch of guys in Edmonton: Chris Graff and uh, Sean Legault, and you and Mohagan, and yeah, there's yeah. T- there's, there's a bunch of ex pros kicking around, doing their thing around here. Uh, you know, and uh, are you, know, you in the, uh, are you in the same house with Mohagan? No, uh, we uh, we're on yeah we're on different platoons, different halls. Oh, um, 
yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. There's four different shifts uh, and different, um, and, and you know, uh, several different halls. And so, um, but we live in the same area. You know, we grew up hanging out together along with a lot of guys that that I know coming up through hockey that are out out in Alberta here now. So I, you know, I I do my best to see as many people as I can in these times. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you run into Tony Mo, tell him I want to get him on the show. Well, I'd love that. I think. He'd have some he stories. He'd have to have some stories. Yeah, he'd have some good Western League stories. I know whenever we sit around, like, he, uh, you know, he played um, out west with Thompson and Marlowe and, <laughs> yeah. um, and, well, a bunch of other guys that I didn't know as well, but I love listening to the stories from out there. And um, Oh, Ferone and Belter and all them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he, he could go on for sure. I'll, I'll tell him for sure. He, he would. I think he could drum up a few stories uh, for you for sure. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of guys. I mean, uh, I mean, you must have a list of guys. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, oh, oh yeah. There's a bunch of dudes I want to talk to. Hey, playing for the fire department. Uh, do you guys ever play the cops in the charity game and start shit with them? Well, you know, when I first got here, uh, there was all kinds of uh, history there, and they kind of they kind of went away from it. We actually, they went into, like, we used to, um, they kind of turned into a charity game where either the cops or fire would play, um, um, you know, uh, like a charity team, like a, like a organized bunch of ex-pros. Yeah. That kind of changed. So, but I remember hearing stories, uh, you know, from 10 years prior where it was just out for blood, you know, guys, <laughs> it was like Lavelle, but in Edmonton where they'd be cross-jacking each other and it, Everybody's got to work the next day, but God forbid you lose to them. Oh yeah, well they—I uh, I can't remember what year it was, but I thought they cleared the benches in Saskatoon one time. Oh yeah. Although we've had some pretty testy, testy tournament games with teams, but um, uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing that I really care. after you've been in the Quebec League, nothing you really. Well, oh, every, every Sunday school after playing in the Quebec League, yeah. You know. Also, you don't. There was nothing too excited, but you know. It's, it took a while to figure out how to how to just uh, play for fun. <laughs> Dial it <laughs> down. Know? Yeah. Try not to bump into anybody, although I yeah. still manage to do that a lot. But uh, just play defense and no, no shoulder pads, throwing sauce up the middle. That's about oh, it. Oh yeah, it was nice to, to <laughs> never have to wear shoulder pads again. <laughs> the lighter, the better. There you go. But uh, you know, yeah, lots of fun hockey being played out here. Uh, you know, in the past several years, and and uh, you know. It, it actually, you know, when you're sitting around with these guys, they love to they love to kind of drum up and, and dig about some of the stories, and uh, uh, you know, from where most of them are from the Quebec. Everybody wants to hear about from there. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. The previous ten years is ah whatever. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 it's, no one gives a shit about the East Coast League. They want to hear about the LNAH. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, man, I uh, I appreciate you coming on tonight and spending a bunch, a couple hours uh, telling some old stories and. Uh, I hope I always tell everybody. I, I said I hope this isn't the last time you come on. I'd like to have you on again, and and uh, you know I, I'll I'll have a topic for you to talk about. And uh, but I really yeah, appreciate no, you coming I, on, I, man. Like I, 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 it was a it was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, you know I, I honestly I, I I still enjoy sitting around with people uh, that have you know played the game and are you know had thoughts about how it is nowadays and getting into it with them. I mean that's fire hall talk all the time. We oh yeah we sit around and. Uh, and discuss where the game's going, where it's been, and and uh, there's so many guys that have played somewhere at at, a, at good levels of hockey that 
you know they all got they all got their own story to tell so they don't have to go too far around here so I, you know i still you know been lucky to to find that you know in, in doing this here in edmonton and lots of lots of hockey players around and lots of Lots of hockey play, and uh, you know it helps. It helps you remember where where you were and what you did, you did. Because if you didn't tell anything about it, you know it slowly just <laughs> slips away like everything else. Oh yeah, I hear you. But uh, great. All right, man. I'll uh, I'll let you go. But uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, and thank you very much. Yeah. No, I look forward to uh, to listening to to more guys come on here uh, in the future. Good talking with you. Absolutely, man. All right, Jesse. Well, you have a good night. Yeah, you too. Cheers. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 